Chris Brown. Good girl going bad. Thanks again for joining us on another podcast of Even More About Nothing. I'm one of your hosts, Rafiki. Across the table from me. Hi, I'm Mookie. I'm a little exhausted. It's been an interesting weekend. Very interesting. But if you guys understand attention, this episode is what? What, what episode is this? 25. Hmm, so that means it's a multiple of five. Which means, special guest John is here with us. Hey everyone, it's John. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure to be here on the podcast. And last but not least... Hey, I'm Brian again. Uh, if you don't remember, I am John's younger brother, or one of them. <laughs> he was last with us on episode, I believe it was 15? 15. Yeah. Episode 15. So. The one with Star Wars. <laughs> lots of Star Wars. Oh, there was lots of Star Wars in that one. That was lots of Star Wars. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to have these guys back. As always, otherwise, if we didn't, they wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, we, we definitely fair enjoy enough. we definitely enjoy having you guys, and, and it's a lot of fun, and conversation is always great. Uh, so if you guys are listening to us for the first time, we are a podcast that talks about anything nerdy within our interests, from TV shows to movies to video games, so on and so forth. You get the idea. I don't have to keep doing this, but just for our new listeners, I'm doing this for you guys. So, anyways, without further ado, as always, when do you guys want to start at the top of the, top of the hour? Uh, well, I just wanted to open with uh, just saying congratulations to both of you on this podcast making 25 episodes. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's a full quarter, you know, 25 <laughs> cents there, a quarter of a way to a dollar. Um, but I mean, more seriously, this has been going on for close to around about half a year now. I would say September thirteenth. September was when it dropped. So, September half a year. Yeah. Wow. So because twenty five episodes, but a couple weeks missed here and there. So yeah, half a year podcast, twenty five episodes. That's that's a pretty big deal in my book. So uh, yeah, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's so, awesome. It's uh... um, yeah. I was just gonna say I'm gonna keep uh, doing what I can to help you guys. Make this a fun podcast when I'm on, and more generally, just uh, keep signal boosting it as much as I can. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. You know, there's those moments where you're like, ah, we got to record. <laughs> like yeah. any any good thing, but yeah. yeah. I was like, there's been a couple of times where I've been sick, and he's had to carry the podcast solo, and I'm just like, I hear him struggling in here. I'm just like, ugh, and man. Then I'm doing some editing, so it doesn't sound as bad, and I'm like... Oh, this is awful. This is awful. <laughs> but, you know, the flip side of that is, A, you know, I mean, they're a little shorter episodes, but that's okay. Sometimes it's nice to just have a little a little bit from it. Um, but, B, I think as far as, you know, trying to get one out about every week, you know, I mean, obviously there's always going to be weeks where that can't happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I've heard somebody say that, you know, if you want to do writing in any capacity, you should always be writing. So I think... I, I mean, this is just my opinion. It's, I'm not, this isn't like my major or anything, but I think the same would apply here. You know, always trying to just do even just a little bit to keep in, keep in habit, keep in the game, etc. You know, yeah. it's, it's as much for you guys as, as it is for the fans because it's about helping you keep the groove and figure things out. You know, maybe that single episode where it's just you, Goddard, uh, you know, use. You can go through and snip yourself a little more heavily, figure some editing tricks out, that sort of thing. There's always a little something extra that you can get yeah. from it, I would say. So, you know. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. 
That's been a huge help with, uh, you know, fans like you, especially the day one fans. <laughs> you guys uh, helping us out and really trying to get us going and, and get our, our brand. Well, not a brand. I guess technically yeah, it's a, brand. a brand. It's a brand. It's a brand. Our brand out there, so. Our brand of nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice pun. See, see nice pun. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'm just trying to signal boost until you guys get to the point you can make t-shirts so I can get the day one fan t-shirt. But that was that was actually the first thing we said we were gonna do is a t-shirt, and and the t-shirt was just gonna be even more about dot dot dot. <laughs> I yeah, love and it. And it was like even more about what? That's the point. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. You picking up what we're putting down? <laughs> All right, so uh, um, so I'm gonna throw out a giant spoiler cast right now, right at the top of the episode. Um, if you have not seen Batman vs Superman, uh, this might be one you want to skip the first half hour, forty five minutes. Um, <laughs> we got all. Oh, there's so much on our mind. Yeah, we've seen the movie oh. twice already. Ooh. Yeah, we've seen oh, the movie twice. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. movie twice already, almost three times. I almost bootlegged it after day one. <laughs> I don't think I can close my ears for, <laughs> for half an hour. <laughs> we'll try to. We'll try to go. I'll see it eventually. Yeah, that's all I have to we'll say. Try, we'll try to go. Is uh, but you're not planning on seeing it in theaters. Probably not. Okay. Yeah, so, um, again, this is your last spoiler warning. We are going to be talking in depth about Batman vs. Superman. Spoiler warning! I got my notes. I got Oh, the second time around, I was like, alright, jot this scene down. Alright, just need a couple words for it. So that way, like, I'm not going to go through every single scene, but it's just to kind of help me order, in order, like... How the how it came, you know, so it's like, oh, the funeral, then the 18th month later scene, you know, like the yeah. broad name, the broad scope, nothing like super specific, but then it kind of keeps me on track. You know, you get you get the gist and we can talk about some of the major stuff along the way, which. Cool. Yeah. All um, right. I'll, I'll go ahead and start this off. So before we even get into like the nitty gritty of the details, um, it's official. Oh. Batman v Superman has the biggest opening for a comic book movie ever. Four hundred and twenty-four. Twenty-four million. Four fifty-four. Oh, that was as of what we saw was as of Saturday night. Saturday night. night. So yes, you, yeah, it did go up. Okay. Yeah. So um, everyone that said the movie was gonna flop, um, Young Metro Boomy doesn't trust you. Metro Boomy did not trust you at all. <laughs> and it didn't get, like, there was one place that gave it the same rating as Green Lantern. I think IMDb, Woman. is it IMDb or Rotten Tomato? Rotten Tomato. Rotten Tomato gave it, like, a 31. Yeah. Gave it, like... Well, yeah, they, they're, they've they been running, like, a 30-something rating on it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of more negative reviews, but I know there are positive reviews out there. I know you guys are saying positive things, but... I'll put it this way. If you... Go see it in theaters. I feel like if you went and paid the money, be it like a dollar theater or whatever, I would say you don't. You're not gonna feel like you completely wasted your money from that standpoint. Okay, okay. Uh, before we even go that far, this is not um, your typical Marvel movie. Your Marvel movie, what they do is they it's very consumer friendly. Hence the purchase by Disney. Um, 
it's not like Deadpool, which is a Fox movie, which has a lot of, from what I hear, comic book references, and it's very well, it's, hardcore. It's very, very comic booky. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. This is this is DC. They're a comic book company. They're not owned by Disney. So right. Well, this but then you got Zack Schneider, who's not really. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, so this movie is meant for fans of DC Comics, specifically fans of this eternal feud. Um, even though I've been saying this for years and this movie officially answers that question, who would win in a fight versus Batman and Superman? Answer is Batman, handedly. He put the balls handedly on Superman. Oh, beat the brakes off that Kryptonian. And now, I mean, before people just said I was crazy, all Superman has to do is walk up to him and put his finger to him and snap his neck. Yes, theoretically, that's how it works. Now he beat the pay beat the brakes. Literally. We'll, we'll get to that. We Literally. will we will talk about those scenes. Beat the brakes off of Superman. But anyways. Um, so this movie is is definitely meant for hardcore fans. There were some things that even I, as a let me say five, ten year reader of Batman, was like why? How? Is this from this and is this from that? So ultimately This also, is not this is not a movie grandma can walk in and go, I like the Captain America guy. Ca- Grandma's gonna walk in and go, I just well, this guy's a hero, he's killing people. Why is he? And let's put it this way. Zack Schneider went on record to say this did not really per se follow any particular thing. It was in a like yeah, there are, there are a lot of elements from other stories, but he wasn't holding himself to one particular thing. He wanted to keep it as open as possible. So if you're going to go see it, keep that in mind. You're going to get a, a lot of different mix and matching to create this movie. Well, yeah, right? I mean, I think the, the what to me have thus far been the two best uh, non-book portrayals so one is live action one is animated portrayals of batman are really in a lot of ways like that batman the animated series by kevin conroy Mm -hmm. and then uh the christian bale batman they don't do the same mixing i would say but they do both incorporate various elements over the course of their movies and i think the way they incorporated them uh is what is what makes me enjoy them as much as i do i mean there have been other animated batmans especially They've been solid, but the Kevin Conroy one is... He's still pretty much my definitive Batman, especially oh, for his sure. first three seasons in some ways. I will say this, over uh, and from a broad scope, I enjoyed Ben Affleck both as Batman and Bruce Wayne. That's fair. Um, I, I think he's a better Bruce Wayne than Christian Bale. Yes, I think he just carries... And actually, there was one particular scene when he was talking with Clark, or Clark introduced him, and you see Wonder Woman or Diana walking in the background, and he's like... Okay, so yeah, let's put this in perspective. It's it's the first time Clark Kent is meeting Bruce Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Because there's a separate time where Superman meets Batman. Yes. So there's, there's, there's two separate introductions. The first time Clark Kent... Meets Bruce Wayne, which ironically is at Lex Luthor's manor. Um, Diana walks by, and Bruce just goes, uh, "Yeah, I'm a fan of uh, books. Uh, sorry, Pretty Women, Bad Habit." And I was like, "And like, and it was on cue." I almost and, stood and, and, up and, and, and clapped. And the better thing, yeah, <laughs> when he said, "Don't quote me on it," I was like, "Whoa, that is a 100% Bruce Wayne thing right there," <laughs> and he delivered it so well. And then we're just like, "All right, you know what?" 
you solidified a very solid place. And as the movie went, it just, it worked. It works really, really well. And then, again, like on a side note, this isn't anything big, but again, Alfred, one of the best parts of the movie. Oh, for some reason, like, Alfred is always just a solid character. Alfred, if you ask me, was carried the last Dark Knight movie for me. Well, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He was an important part of the movie, yeah. yeah I, 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 say, I have, okay, and I've said this publicly, I have, I've always had serious observations about Christian Bale. I think he does a, a, a well enough job. Definitely better than... Um, Clooney? Clooney. Kilmer? Way better than those Keaton? guys. Yeah. We're not going to talk about those. Adam West. Adam West. No, but um, I have serious observations about the way they did Bane. Um, me and, oh. and Gary had a huge fight about that. Oh, Serious God. reservations about Talia al Ghul. Huge issues with Raja al Ghul. And my biggest issue was with Catwoman. Um, that was by far my biggest issue in that entire series. No, my biggest issue was Bane. Robin. Actually, that whole Robin thing. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was I like, forgot that, about that. that, I, that, really, that. I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an interesting little twist, but... Like just to briefly touch on you know the ones you mentioned, I definitely understand the Talia one. I mean, yeah, it was oh it's a twist, but I mean it wasn't the best twist. I actually he wasn't incredible, but I liked the Bane because he reminded me a lot more of when Bane first was introduced, and he was less about just raw. I'm a meathead, and he was much more tactical. He was much more uh, cerebral, but he was still also a very strong physical force. Yeah. And so I really liked that they made sure to preserve that with this Bane. Yeah. I feel like... My biggest main stake was with the um, omission of the amazovirus or Venom, um, depending on which generation you're coming from. I mean... Um, personally, and, I understand why they did it. Yeah. But, it's, like, <clears throat> it's kind of the main stake of a character. And I understand, like... Typically, historically, um, Bane has been Hispanic, luchador. That's his Central American, Southern American. That's yeah, of, of Hispanic descent. Even there's some references to him somehow being linked to ancient Aztecs. But he's been more of a luchador. He's had more of a wrestling style. I Type mean, body. I mean, well, when he, I mean, he wears yeah. tank tops, he wears a, what's straight a, up a luchador, luchador mask. mask. And if he, if in the one, well, not in the one fight, in the fight where um, Superman famously gets his back broken in half. Batman. Batman, I apologize. Batman famously gets his back broken in half. You notice several almost WWE-esque moves back. in that fight. Um, he kind of does a whole does arm grab, and tosses him against the wall. He does the double leg kick. He does the pickup and then the knee. Um, in the movie, that's okay. I the, will the, give the, the movie knee, a pass the because knee. they got that right. Yeah. If they would have, if they would have messed that part up, I would have got up, walked out straight to the manager, and said, "I want my money back because this is a travesty, and Christian Bale should be burned at the stake." But <laughs> they got it right, so I'm okay. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> now, do okay. We can roughly run down. Um, I, like I said, I I jotted notes. Uh, do you want to? Um, at the top of the movie, it's a funeral scene. Uh, Batman for the parents. Like I like the imagery, and it was very okay. quick. Quick, no, well, not quick not problem. not entirely, not entirely. I should say when the mom got shot with the necklace breaking. I that liked was, that, that imagery. That imagery was, was nice. Oh, it was really but, nice. like again. They made Thomas seem more of a thug, and it wasn't exactly in 
death alley or memorial they, they, alley. The crime only alley. part crime alley. It wasn't. I mean, it has alley. three different. It like, was, but they were leaving the theater. You did they see were the, leaving theater. the theater. They got that. It wasn't down an alley. They, but it was very very quick because everybody really has should at this point already know. So there weren't really any words. It was you know Thomas protecting, shot, dropped. Martha getting shot and dropped, and the only words really said from that entire scene, he said, Martha, because he that was his dying breath, was Martha. And it and then of course it was shown scenes of the funeral were mixed in there. Mm. Bruce falling into the pit, yeah, and that that bat rise ascension. Oh my god, I, I laughed so, so like, hard. Ugh. Just how like just out of curiosity, that whole sequence about how long did it last? Less than thirty seconds. It wasn't thirty. So like a little more death, than that. It was. It was more like two to three minutes. Ultimately, no. I mean, I'm if, talking about like the actual. Like, oh, the, the actual the death scene. The death and funeral. Oh, that, yeah, it was like two to three minutes. minutes. Two to three minutes. Okay. Was I mean, actually, they, they, I kind of like that because, especially if they then now and then it goes to and now he's grown up. Yeah, it went to eighteen months ago when it picks up during the fight of Zod Superman. And it shows Bruce's view of getting to the city and the destruction is already happening. So they kind of give you that recap of the end without really just recapping. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I saw a reference somewhere, something about Gotham and Metropolis are like across a bay from each yeah. other. <sighs> that That's the part that also kind of really is, is different as well instead of it being so far. It's literally the bay. You can, there's there's a scene in the movie where Lex Luthor's standing on top of a, a tall building and he can see Gotham and he sees the bat signal very clearly. Yeah, so it's essentially like if you're in, it's basically, I, I kind of akin it to New York. Very, that, that was like their basis was New yeah. York. Their, mm-hmm. That idea. Yeah, so like, I don't know the topography or geography of New York, but if you're on one island, you can see across to the other island. Helicopter ride will get you there in an hour max. I mean, Lois was there in matter of... Well, we don't know time, you know, with movies. You never really right. know true time. Yeah. I, okay. But it so seems I, like... I, unless somebody no more than 30 minutes. Max an hour. 30 minutes. About 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Because the fight was... Because we see Superman leave for the fight... And then she has to, the thing is she has to get back to the Daily Planet again. We're getting off. Yeah, we'll we'll we're we'll, 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 we're eventually right. gonna okay. get there. Yeah. Like I said, um, got the notes and we're we'll just yeah. Just so distance down. between the two cities is not um, is not as great as we were led to. To they did assume? tell us well. Okay, they did say that. Or what we're we're accustomed to is what. What we're yeah. accustomed to, yes, but they obviously because I you go in blind, I go in with at least a little bit of knowledge and for my own opinion, yada, yada. But they've already said that they were going to be neighboring cities. Hmm. That part was given ahead of time before going in. So it wasn't like, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is a huge, I Hmm. knew going in. Um, The desert scene. You want to go over that? Um, That's when Lois was there with the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is... um, Well, this scene is actually very insignificant. It's more of a setup scene for... Um, much later. Much, much later. Um, Just give the quick premise and we can move on. My, I, again, I have issues with this because we have phenomenal African actors in Hollywood, but yet they found some clown with a garbage African accent. And I'm like, why? 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 Just hire John Boyega. The guy's, the guy's Nigerian. He has an amazing African accent. 
the guys in the scene for Leslie. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. That's the main guys. There's uh. We have a ton. There, there's, there's, there's. Hey, there. You could hire Lupita Nyong'o for all I care. She would. Oh, hey, hey. She for all we know, you could have stuck in Michael Blackson. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I'm Lois is trying to find information on this African warlord. Um, turns out it's a setup. Um, the so, CIA used her credentials to get in and do some mm, stuff. Yeah, um, it heads south. Very um, quickly. Yeah, things go south quickly. As soon as they find the tracker in the CIA, um, Lois gets kidnapped, and within a matter of minutes, Soups comes crackling in. The classic sonic... I did like that they did the classic, classic. sonic boom, because you hear the crack, 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 boom, and then Soups lands and takes out enemy, flies Lois home. And this begins the... the the, the okay, now I don't want to say the false, point. the first, the false blame. They, it's yeah, so it's essentially again set up Lex's setting up Superman for the fall. Um, the, oh, that was the running through, line. yeah. And this okay. movie, if uh, actually he was setting up both sides, yeah, this He's movie has extremely sides. strong ties to Injustice, um, Injustice Gods Among Us. Upon like the first review, I was like, okay, so it's Injustice and um. Superman Red Sun. Hmm. But upon second review, there's only one particular reference to Red Sun. And it's more injustice than... It's a lot more injustice. And there's one particular line that's given, which I think we'll get to much later, that says... Yeah. So Superman's being set up, um, um, as we all know, um, from the first movie, they already passed and introduced, um, Clark Kent is working in the Daily Planet with Lois. Lois knows who Clark Kent is... They are yeah, because they a relationship. Yeah, so like, by this point, they're already relationship because we're now a, over a year and a half. Yeah, eighteen since, months. Yes, since the okay. in, since yes. the Zod incident, whatever you yes. want to call it. Um, quick note: if you're watching the TV series, they are continuing to call the superheroes metahumans, and that's very important because um, later on um, we see Bruce Wayne. Um, and that's we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, later, we'll get that. We'll see Bruce Wayne. He says something that's very significant um, to the way I feel DC is gonna treat this movie and the following the following movies in the series and the eventual Justice League team up, which is very 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 different than what Marvel is doing. And we'll yeah, go into yeah. that probably at the end. At the end. Yeah, um, so so after that, so okay, so that was the desert scene and all okay. that jazz. The next thing was the first appearance of Batman. Like, at, well. The whole police scene where the yeah, cops that's, come that's in. That's the first that's, appearance of... That's the first, like, glimpse. We don't exactly see Batman per He's there, but he's he's that shadow that he's always supposed to be. Okay. Um, the cops come in. They hear something's going on. And there's a bunch of these girls, uh, basically sla- sex, sla- sex slaves. Sex uh, slaves, yeah. Yeah, sex slaves. Um, and these cops go downstairs they're trying to open the door, and they're they're Chinese or some sort of Oriental Asian descent, and they're like the devil. It saved us, a devil in their native tongue, and they try to open the gate, but they close it, and they're like it's still here, and then all of a sudden the cops hear screaming upstairs. One of the cops goes upstairs, and he sees the man chained to a wall, and you see the cop. He walks in the door, and he looks at him. He looks to his right. And then you can tell, like, he's like, there's something to my left. And he looks, and you see Batman in the corner, like a corner wall, hanging to both. 
and all of a sudden he turns and starts shooting and Batman like runs around the room and then goes through the roof which was actually a pretty good dope scene in my opinion yeah I mean it reminds me of like the animated series where yeah. like Batman would disappear in a flash of bats because there were actual like live bats yeah. that that came in because you could hear them yeah. doing their screech and I think it's um I don't want to say for sure but like in the animated series he would have a um, sonic whistle on him that would attract Check, bats yeah. to him. I think that's the same thing. It's mm. inaudible to humans, but the bats can hear it. And when the bats hear it, they flock to him. Um, it looks like it's the same thing. Um, but like it was very, 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 very quick night fly. I mean, like, I didn't even think about that until I was, like, asleep. And Yeah, I've seen the movie and think about so much I'm seeing it in my sleep. Um, <laughs> I on it. Um, so yeah, um, so that was really a quick introduction. Yeah, we get, um, and it, was, it was simple. It was there, and then oh, uh, the guy bef- as Batman leaves, and then the cops both then get in on the guy. Batman brands the criminals. Mm. Like he the bat t- brand the bat brand, so it becomes news and Daily Planet's writing about it. Yada yada. Um, after that was our first appearance of Lex. Yeah. At the yeah, his little center or whatever it was, gym. Yeah, yeah. so um, one thing we need to discuss. This isn't Lex Luthor that we're used to. This is his son. This isn't the stereotypical... This isn't the Lex Luthor we grew up in with, like, Smallville. Because the typical Lex Luthor that we're used to is the same age... The typical Rel- Batman, relatively. Superman that we're used to. Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor, all generally the same age. Within right, a few right. years. Yeah, within yeah, a few I mean, years of each other. Same generation. Oh, yeah, same there, generation. There's, there's no. gaps. This one, this is an older Batman. We've got a closer to early 40s. Yeah, early 40s. Like I almost like thought it was like they were kidding him more to like Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah, yeah he was Because he is not shy of using weapons and he will kill you. Basically, they, 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 yeah. Wince, I know, but, I, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because there, there was, we'll talk about that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm lit. <laughs> yeah, so this is a 40-year-old Batman. Um, we got a 30-something, a young 30. I would say 35, 36 Clark and Lois. I'm, yeah, something I mean, like Yeah, that. middle-aged Clark and 30 Lois. 30 to 35 yeah. I think is what they, it feels like they're being portrayed yeah. at. But yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so and middle-aged. We've got about a. Lex 20, is like 21. 21 to 25. I'd say more 25. I would but say still. more 21, but because he's very... But the gap is there, yeah, nonetheless. Right. Yeah, so, in other words, we've almost got... It's to it could the, be essentially three different least, generations. Yeah, at least two, if not three generations. Certainly, at this point, especially, you know, you, know, you look at things anymore, it feels like... 10 years, totally yeah. new generation before. Exactly. And, and, and exa- it's exactly the same thing. The Lex Luthor we're used to, pinstripe Givenchy $10,000 suits. Um, this one was definitely highly more educated, hipster style. Highly dressed. educated, reads books in the Mozarts, whatever. This guy is kind of like the Mark Zuckerberg of his era. He's got the gym in LexCorp. They're playing basketball. He's wearing a... And that's when the senator comes yeah, in. Yeah, he's wearing a Flying Monkeys t-shirt, skinny jeans, and Supras. It's extra funny that you said Mark Zuckerberg since that actor also played Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I'm pretty that's sure. exactly why I did that. <laughs> okay. Wasn't sure if that was intentional, yes. but... Yes. Oh exactly. Why I, I picked that. up what you put down. There you go. There you go. Okay. So um, day one fans are for, guys. Yeah, so it's very, very, like, young, mogul, and the reason... Um, people probably don't pick up on that is if they haven't read the series before. I mean... If you even look at just 
comic books you could sell like Lex's facial features are more defined and we'll eventually get there it's always more like his father but the big there's few huge hints he says um, my father, my father built, built this he is the Lex in front of the Luther no the corpse yeah he's the, the Lex, Lex in front of the, the corpse. corpse yeah so that is our first big hint that this is not OG Lex Luthor this is his son and hmm. then and later on we get more we get more clues as to what happened to make him go because people feel like he, this guy is significantly more unhinged than we're used to, and there's hints as to why. Um, which I, again, I love how the d- progression goes through the yeah, movie. And yeah, um, but we Lex Luthor has asked for permission to again. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest we skip more scenes because if we're, we're gonna be here for like ten hours, we're gonna go through the movie scene by scene. Um, anyway, well, Lex Luthor, Luke, Lex Luthor wants to bring in. Um, Kryptonite. They found the mother load of kryptonite in the Indian Ocean, and he wants permission from the senator to bring it in, experiment on Zod's body, and create what he calls Silver Bullet. Golden Boy, Silver Bullet. Um, as a deterrent, we all know he's going to use his weapon. Thankfully, the senator is smarter than that. She blocks his injunction. Which, but a critic, yeah. the senator goes behind um, the head of the chair of the metahuman... She's the chair of the Superman. She's the chair of, yeah. The, I don't know if it's Metahuman or it, Superman. No, because she knows about the Metahuman project. He, Lex told her about the Metahuman project. Yeah, so she's the head of the Council of Metas. That's what we're just going to call it. I can't remember okay, the exact But name. they don't necessarily say it because the focus has been so much on Superman. Yeah. Um, right. She right. blocks his injunction. She was like, we can't weaponize Which anything. That, but technically, it, that part came later. But yeah. ultimately, he was trying to this be all, able to I'm import... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and block weapons, him together. Yeah. She it boxes in Junkin. One of the other chairs goes behind his back because I think he's more... Um, they actually mention this a lot. Fear, you fear what you don't know. Right. Um, and so this is all multiple scenes string together. She blocks his injunction. He goes behind her back to get the injunction anyway. He manages to get the... Crypt- and by, by the way, a deal was created in there um, to help him... That's what I was getting to. Okay. Yeah, he gets the kryptonite into the country... Um, he keeps it at LexCorp. He also gets permission to the ship. There's the crash Kryptonian ship. Mm. Zod's access body. Access to Zod's body. And um, because he gets access to this, and I'm, this is an we'll, movie, um, he will use, he will eventually use the ship. Um, to reanimate. To, yeah, to reanimate Zod. Um, because if you don't know, um, the ship contains a library akin to the. thousand different. Yeah, well, it's 100,000 of those, but source it to follow to. The library is the source of the information, the same information Clark has in the Fortress of Solitude. We don't see the Fortress of Solitude in this movie. We do get few references to it. Um, we don't actually see the Fortress of Solitude, but, like, Superman goes on a journey and sees John, his father, um, mm. and every time he's seen a dead person... In the animated series of the comic book, it's been at the Fortress of Solitude. So we get references to the Fortress, but we don't actually see him going to the Fortress. Um, so Lex gets access into the Kryptonian library, learns about Doomsday. We don't see him actually learn about Doomsday, but he says, he goes, I have access to 100,000 worlds. And he goes, that's fine, teach me. So he learns about Doomsday and he uses Zod's body and creates the abomination. Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Mm. Uses human blood, mixes it with yeah. Zaz's body, and goes into the reanimation project which brings Doomsday out. Um, and that, and this is a big thing I need to emphasize. Doomsday is not the main villain. Lex Luthor 
is the main villain. The entire Doomsday film. is his weapon of choice. Well, I want to say that. Um, manipulation. Well, okay. Manipulation is always the been very, Lex's here, Here's the best way to put it. Lex's whole thing, obviously, he has always has this. He's all, generally Lex Luthor for the most part has always had a thing against Superman, and he's um, he says, "What angels? We now know better. Angels, uh, no devils. devils. Devils don't come from underneath." beneath us they fall from the sky in other words obviously referencing superman right and so he his whole thing is he's manipulating bruce wayne on one end and manipulating superman on the other so eventually they can fight and his whole thing is if man cannot defeat god the devil will do it doomsday is his devil and that's how that comes to be um so that's kind of where where that and so, also, when he learns about the 100,000 planets, we get, finally, he confirms, well, our, our hint is he called Doom, I mean, uh, Dark, De- side. Dark Side. By the end of the movie, it's like... We actually do get a second, there's a second hint that I'm just not thinking about that's not... Um, well, we get the confirmation... Well, we, get the, confirmation. we get the confirmation. At the end of the movie, is like he says... The bells have been rung. He's heard it. He's coming. He. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Someone tried to tell me it was Brainiac. I'm like, Brainiac no. is, is not a he. It's a it. It's a thing. And Brainiac is more of a Superman villain. Darkseid is the Galactus. So if you guys are more into my... Apart from New Gods. He is the Galactus. He is the big bad. He is the one that you can't really kill. You just make him go to sleep for a while. Or you push him as far away as possible. Not to mention... And then he comes back. We'll talk... Yeah. Um, Darkseid is a Justice League villain, Exactly. Brainiac Ooh. is a Superman villain. Oh, and then we get in the Convergence nonsense, which really doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> but uh, speaking of that, Blackest Night. We want to talk about that? Uh, no, um, I'll skip that. That's, okay. that's, uh, that's, yeah. we get, we get, we get, again, so I'm, I want to run through all this. We get I, I'm, I'm, comic I'm, book I'm references. We get reference to Blackest Night. We get one image of Man Bat. Um, this is all just fan service stuff. We get Gaslight Batman. Um, this is a significant A scene. lot of Joker writing. Uh, there's a lot of Joker writing. There's actually reference to death in the family. Is it death in the family or death of the family? When Jason Todd I think dies. it's death in the family. It's death in the family. When Jason we, Todd. Yeah, we see the suit. We see Robin's suit. Ha ha. Jokes Just on you, Batman. Right. I remember that from like one the of the trailers. Yeah, so it's death in the family, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um... So we get a lot of comic book references on, which is funny. We get more comic book references on the Batman side and scenes, which I think they're setting up for the solo Suicide Bat- Squad and the solo right. Batman the solo film. Batman film. So we get a lot more. I mean, there's references to Anarchy, we Riddler, see Riddler. We see. Um, wow. I felt like there was a Harley Quinn one. I, I, d- I didn't see the Harley Quinn, but there's like there's three different references to Joker. There's Robin's suit. There's his two different monikers. Um, Joe the Kerr and Joe Kerr. Mm. Yeah, so Joe. It's like, like, from, lo- like, it's like, love, Joe, dash, Kerr. He, 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 ha, 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 What, that was a note to Batman? It's on a pillar. Oh, it's on a it's pillar. It's on a pillar, which is funny. But he's in a, he's in, 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 in el- empty, di- building. empty buildings, dilapidated, brick t- but on the pillars are all these references. References to Riddler, Joker, hence the house the Batman built. The pillars ah. of Batman. And again, we're getting down into like super comic book. This is heavy deep so cut stuff. what was the Blackest Night reference? Um, 
Martha's grave, and so Blackest Night. If you don't know the Blackest Night, um, Blackest Night is the resurrection of the dead to take over and so the world. Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's having a dream. Yeah, Bruce Wayne is point. so the, it's, we're, a, it's a dream. Right, we're gonna talk about the dream sequences. Bruce Wayne is having a dream. He goes to Martha's, um, which is funny. We don't get much Thomas besides the Saint Martha, which becomes later significant. Um, but we see a lot about Martha. Hmm. Um, the focus was again of back both to, Marthas. Yeah, back to comic book stuff. Superman and Batman are best friends. They fight a lot, but they're best friends. Ironically, their mothers share the same first name. And they both, theoretically, have the same list, um, middle names as their fathers. Clark Joseph Kent. Tom, uh, uh, Bruce Thomas Wayne. Huh. Yeah, yeah, so now you've seen that. So, yeah, they, they kind of snuck that in at the very end. And people don't, like, you don't really, it doesn't really click until Lex yeah, actually says it. Because yeah. Lex says, he's like, he's like Clark Joe? <laughs> he's like, Clark Joseph Kent. And you can see, like, Superman's face just goes, how do you know that? We, this is after all he learns from the Thousand Worlds. Anyway, but the Blackest Night reference comes very quickly, and it's if you don't know what it is, it can be blended, mixed very easily with the Man Bat reference. Um, so he goes to Martha's tomb, and there's a black goop coming out, and he touches it, and as soon as it touches it, he starts to hear the screams of the dead, and then mm. Man Bat jumps out. Um, if you know, if you know anything about Blackest Night. Um, the dead heroes have now come back as zombies to take over the Not world. Not just dead heroes. Dead heroes and dead, dead villains. Yeah, dead, dead people, period. Zombies, essentially. Black rings come, rain down from the skies, reviving the dead. Yeah. Zombies. And Super zombies. Pretty much. Worst kind of so, zombie. I mean, like... Ultimately! Um, like, <laughs> I, I mean, some, someone could probably dispute me on this, but I think that is a clear... Because as soon as he touches the goop, he hears the screams of the dead for fraction of a second and then he Which looks up and then man bat breaks through martha's tomb hmm. and we get like a clear picture it it's is, very clear it you is see the man teeth, bat you see the ears i mean it's and clear he grabs bruce and just eats bruce it just through the glass and it, it, it's funny how quick it was but how clear it was at the very very same time it was yeah. like break through the tomb face eat he's awake and you're just like Whoa. Yeah. And then we also get, um, this is the, probably one of the most controversial ones. It's where we see Batman really kill people. Um, we have to, people who don't know, Gaslight Batman is a different universe. I don't know which Earth it is, but this is a right. steampunk Batman. Um, he, apocalyptic world. Yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Um, there are no rules in this world, and there aren't very many good people. So the rules about killing innocents are thrown out the window. Because in a post-apocalyptic world, there are no innocents. Not not really. I mean, we can get into nuance and all that stuff, but um, it's mixed in, which is which is my issue. I don't know if Zack Snyder really likes Gaslight Batman, but in my opinion, Gaslight... Maybe he just likes trench coats? Maybe he just likes trench coats, which it kind of got spoiled for me because I was at GameStop one day. And I was looking at pop figures, and I looked up and I saw Gaslight Batman, and I got, instantly got pissed off. And I see, I thought that was the one that was called Nightmare Batman. That's what they call it, but it's Gaslight Batman. Well, see, I just because there's so many I, I had seen from like the bits and bobs in the trailers, it looked like that was like you said, it was a nightmare sequence. It wasn't like a. It is. It, 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 it is. It, very it is much. a nightmare sequence. So, so if you know the comic books, it's clearly Gaslight Batman, hmm. but it is a nightmare. So they're calling it Nightmare Batman. 
but see, here's, I here's the thing. Interpreted it as more of like a, almost like the red okay. sun Batman. You Not see that's quite. see that's that again this... it it it's close. The difference is um, in Superman Red Sun. Superman doesn't ra- land in Kansas. He obviously lands in Soviet Russia, Russia and he is a he is raised and he is raised as a god, not a farm boy. So he is raised and treated as a god from the jump. And for a few seconds, you can be listening to believe it is um, Red Sun because um, in the scene something goes wrong, and this is this is why I know it's Gaslight Batman or like the closest England to Gaslight. My strongest piece of evidence for it being Gaslight Batman, he says, um, where is it? Do you have it? He meets with some smugglers, I assume. Um, they open up a LexCorp crate, and inside is an old-style battery hooked up to two old-style lamps that are um, showing a green, emitting a green light. Hence, the battery is kryptonite-infused. That battery and the way it looks is such a post-apocalyptic, and it fits so much within the aesthetic of Gaslight Batman. Hmm. that it throws, for me, the Red Sun theory out the way. Now, the Red Sun theory comes back in a quick way because in Red Sun, Superman has the Superman force. They're police force. They are his arm. Because he doesn't... He, like, Superman is a dictator in Red Sun. And well, his, in some ways, and he the also super, yeah. was an injustice, though, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. But again, and we'll, talk, is, we'll talk about why we believe it's more injustice. Um, but the Superman force in Red Sun, they have the Superman patch. Right. Yeah. They, yeah, we find out it's a setup for Batman. They rip off their desert clothing. And we see the Superman out people. And they start taking out Superman's crew. Um, and as, well, Batman's but, crew. Um, yeah, I'm getting confused. Sorry. But I'm as they're tired. taking out Batman's crew, you see parademons start flying in. Parademons are grabbing bodies. Now, it gets very, very interesting. Uh, and then later, uh, they finally wrestle Batman down. They get him into a, uh, into a well or a scene. But the then cellar. Superman comes in, rips off the mask, and sees, Bruce oh, Wayne. it's Bruce Wayne. Now, the other well, controversial and, 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 part. And, and here's the biggest thing. In Red Sun, there was no Lois. He was in Russia. He didn't right. have a chance to meet Lois. Um, the biggest thing to hint to his injustice is... You took her from me. Hence the death of Lois, the term from Superman being good to bad. And the, he, you took her from me um, is said to Batman. It is a direct reference to when Batman stopped Superman from killing Joker. Hence the because bomb going Joker off. took Yeah. Joker Lois killed from... Lois in the first bomb. Superman wanted to kill Joker. Um, and Batman stops him. And he yells, you took her from me. Hmm. And he goes, this is not how we do things. Bruce Wayne in the comic book is more, far more calculating than this Bruce Wayne. Because I think this Bruce Wayne is, more, is a little older. He's lost a little bit of his... So um, he really didn't care too much about a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Wayne in the comic books is more... He's he's extremely detached. This one, I feel like, um, from the jump, from the starting movie, they, they, they do a couple of things to make him more attached to the world i mean they try to do a little bit of detachment later but i mean i think it's um it's irrelevant it's irrelevant and again there's the there's some balancing issues and again i don't want to talk too long because we'll talk about that it's already eight o'clock we'll um, talk about batman forever <laughs> um, um oh the our little controversy it's flash which it, okay. there's a flash dream sequence after that but um, but here's the thing also i know we also discussed so anyways um the whole the whole nightmare sequence and then flash appears in a portal talking to Bruce 
Lois is the key. You need to find her. You need to and you need to you need to find her. And then he said, you need to come find us soon, which the assumption is the Justice League. Come now, find us. I yeah. think it says we're trapped. Find us, find us soon. He says, find us along the lines. You, you but but here's us. the thing. I know we discussed on the materialization of the portal, but I don't, th- uh, I mean, the materialization of Flash being there. But I don't think what we remember is that he's having a dream within a dream. Because remember, and here's my thing, and that's and that that's that, a that dream within a dream. But, but that's the thing. Like yeah, he right. has the, he has the dream of the apocalypse. He wakes up because the portal wakes him up, and then Flash talks to him, and then it's gone. And then Bruce wakes up again, and then I was like, so yeah. and we I have think, a dream, and then he wakes up from that dream, and then and I think this is well. A, okay, so here's my question: Is he like being? Is Lex like? Darting him with hallucinogenics? No. What's, yes, what's driving my head? That's where we're getting to. Yeah. I think this is the first introduction of magic we get into the DC movie universe because we have slight mentions of magic, like passing. But with mentions. that dream in a dream. The dream too. within a dream. Um, I think because of the way it's set up, um, um, it's, a, it's, and again, people can dispute me on this and we can argue back and forth. It is what I believe the introduction of magic to be. Um, if you don't know, um, Wonder Kryptonian's first main and oh, and biggest weakness is Kryptonite. Right. Um, the problem is Kryptonite is finite in this universe because the planet is destroyed. So Kryptonite is finite. You can only there's only so much Kryptonite in the universe, and Batman has most of it. Um, right. Lex has some which he uses to create his anti-Superman suit, um, but. Um, that also ends up getting destroyed in a fight, and eventually Superman uses a solar flare, which eradicates it. Somehow Batman still has his stash, um, which is referenced to in the movie. Because he's Batman. Because he's Batman. Um, but, um, and Diana um, says a couple of things that reference magic. We, let's let's just talk. We didn't. Diana was dope in this movie, by the Diana's way. Diana's the best part of the movie. I think like oh, she was almost awesome. even the negative reviews that I've seen have said that Wonder Woman, and some of them have said Lois are like the best parts of this I, movie. I, Lois, here's my thing. Lois here's my thing. If you guys listen to the podcast at all before, you know I care not about Wonder Woman or Supergirl at all. I have always found them to be bland, boring characters. This is a total 180 shift from that direction. I am in love with this Wonder Woman, partially because the actress is gorgeous. Israeli and primarily, <laughs> primarily, right, partially because she's gorgeous, primarily because she does such an amazing job of bringing Diana to life. Like, this is one of the more, like, interesting Dianas we have in a long time, partially because she shows emotion. Um, and not that Diana doesn't show emotion, because if you watch Flash One Paradox, that is straight up just, straight up, that is a very emotional movie right. on everybody's side. That's <laughs> like, that is just, that is a whole, just, as a hormone, testosterone-fueled movie. That's a whole lot of emo- That is a Batman, Wonder Woman, just, that's a, that's a whirlwind of emotion wrapped up in a DVD and put it in a package. Put DC on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be an emotion. So, so Caleb, are, are you saying that you're now excited about the upcoming Wonder Woman movie Extreme. and playing this? Uh, yeah. I am more excited for that than I am Captain America. Well, we're getting Captain America first, so you yeah. get the best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited for that now just because I felt like the mood has been set by this actress. Now, I hope, she, my hope is that she can carry a movie because she was playing a supporting role. I think she was able to do more. 
when she is going to be the center stage of the movie, I think things become As, different. So my hope is she can carry this into her own movie and be a right. standalone actress. Um, I will say this. Um, so even though Wonder Woman was, was in it, she didn't progress the story at all. Ultimately, I didn't well, feel I like... Think, I feel, I feel like she helped us get those Easter eggs and those early sightings, yeah. but as far as the actual plot of the yeah. story, Previous she wasn't necessary. Was? Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Well, she was okay. Not necessarily. I'm not saying like she, she was she, instrumental. We'll put it that way. Because okay. you feel like she wasn't necessary. I feel like she kind of was. I feel like she was instrumental to oh, yeah. the setup because um, originally. The, well, I will say this for the trio. Yeah, yeah, like, and, to, and, to and, really get that trio and get that started. Yeah, and what and my thing actually, is, I'll revise. I'll retract that statement because at the end, yeah, the, at the and, very end, that last scene between Bruce and Diana. Yeah. Zack Snyder also says. Um, in order to set up the Justice League in a way that makes sense, um, again, Superman dies. Everyone kind of dies. Yeah, dooms- Superman Doomsday happened. Right. And it, it was the completed. death of Superman. It was Dave and... My fun- the thing I found hilarious was like the casket that Thomas and Martha were buried in. Exact same casket. Bruce, uh, yeah, no, Su- Superman is it, yeah. buried in, but with the giant silver S, which was like... They took that very same look out of... Uh, yeah, Superman. Superman. It's the exact same ass, and then they put the so, words. So wait, you look, when does the Doomsday fight happen? Ex- we'll get there. Um, I just want to get. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. It's, it's so towards the, the end of the second act, towards the end of the se- because there was still like another. I'm, no, no, no. So I would say, I would say it's the end of the movie because I want to. There's nothing much. Well, there, okay. From the standpoint, there was another 25 minutes of nothing per se, actiony wise. It was more information. Set up for justice. It was more information based. It was giving us extra details like about I said, little, set little up for things. Justice. Yeah. Um, Diana and Bruce are going to be the ones to start the Justice League, and then Superman will come in. That's how. That's 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 from what I hear, Snyder. Because in what Zack Snyder, if Superman's around, he's obviously the leader. I mean, he's Superman. Why would a metahuman follow a regular human like Batman if Superman's around? Hence, we have to set Super Batman as the elder statesman while he's a little older. Diana as the immortal. Why they should pay attention to her? She's been doing this for a while, so they are now the. Trinity. I don't want to say the Trinity. No, but that's well, but that's it's going to be comics. The, eventually, it's eventually, is going to be the Trinity, but they're going to be the ones to bring the young ones because um, Aquaman's a little older, so he's going to have he's probably going to have back and forth with Batman, maybe a little romantic thing with Diana that's going to bring him into the fold. Um, Batman is very technology savvy. I assume that's how he's going to bring Cyborg, Cyborg into the fold. Flash is a young gun. He's probably going to knock like. Be reluctant, but Batman, we'll experience, Diana, hot chick, young boy, hormones. Yeah, you can see how all this goes. And then <laughs> Superman busts out of the ground. Um, Superman. Which that was actually very, very cool. The the very last scene, it shows Lois putting in the dirt, but the very last scene was it looks at the dirt and the dirt starts to float. Yeah, and if you, if you don't notice, like during the music, you actually start to hear a heartbeat. Yeah, mm. a lot of people don't notice, but towards the end time, it's like playing... And then you hear the first eight away to go doom, and then, and then thirty like seconds later, three like three specks of dirt just yeah. And the, and no, but it happens like like four or five times. A lot of people didn't notice it. I was looking for it because I noticed I knew it from the comic book, but yeah, well, the, from the yeah, movie. I was I was listening for it because because I was like I heard doom. I was like right, that 
Oh, that beat can, wasn't can, supposed can, to can be we, there. Can we get some of the? There was there was a lot of Bible references. Yeah, a lot of Bible references. I, and actually, I kind of enjoyed because the way they were in there. Uh, because obviously Lex Luthor being psychotic, being crazy. By this time, he was basically breaking apart. Yeah, and Lex kind of is. If you don't know about Darkseid, Darkseid always has an emissary before he comes to Earth. Lex is that emissary. Ah, uh, that's why he's a little crazier. Uh, but well, he, before he goes to any planet, he also has an emissary to quote unquote prepare the way. Um, Lex prepared Lex, it all right. Lex is the emissary he, he of... He prepared it Lex all right. Lex is the emissary of Darkseid. So if it looks... Someone said, like, Lex Luthor is a failed Joker. I'm like, you, sir, have no clue what you're talking about. Um, it sounds more like... At this point, it sounds more like he's a more proactive <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. Yes, very. Significantly more. Um, but Lex Luthor... Um, this is obviously set up for the Batman fight. Lex Luthor kidnaps Lois and Martha... Um, giving Batman um, motivation after blowing up the Capitol and framing Superman. Wait, Martha Kent? Martha Kent. Okay. Kidnaps Martha Kent, kidnaps Lois Lane, um, and as we both know... He talks to Lois, pushes Lois off an edge, Superman comes to save, um, and then basically tells him, oh, I've got Martha, and if you don't kill... If you don't kill Bruce... I kill her. You fly away. I kill her. The only way we can do this is if you kill Batman. Bring him to me. And he's like, the moment you got here, you had an hour. Now you have less. You have less. And then he gets on the helicopter and flies away. But but the funny thing is, he has pictures and he drops the pictures and he's like, where is she? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. Like I wouldn't let. Yeah. I wouldn't let him tell me because if they told me, you would beat me out of it. No, they can't. So kind of. Um, that's wow. where, that, yeah, that's that's where people felt like, oh, he's trying to be like the Joker. No, if you, yeah, if you know anything, oh, it was I, I loved Jesse Eisenberg as this Lex Luthor. Yeah, I especially really, really especially when it. you look at him more as emissary of Dark Side and less Lex Luthor, president of the United States, because <laughs> this guy, this this Lex will never be president of the USA ever, ever, and so. he probably also won't be the guy who says. Do you know how much power I would have to give up to be president? Yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, he shaves his head. Well, he goes to prison, so he doesn't have a prison. Yeah. But we get the shit. And then we get, probably my favorite Batman thing from anything, the prison the prison thing where he shows up in the cell out of nowhere and disappears in a flash. Huh. Yeah. Because yeah. you know how, like, the lights flicker, Batman appears. The lights flicker, Batman's, Batman's gone. gone. Yeah, they do it in Dark Knight Rises. They do it in The Dark Knight. And a little bit in Batman Begins, but it's definitely from the animated series. It happens a lot in anime series. Oh, happens a whole bunch in Batman Beyond. But lights flicker, yeah, Batman's there. Lights flicker, Batman's gone. So that was probably one of the coolest. It's called pulling a Batman at at this point, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But yeah, Dark Side gets activated. Um, Not bad. Doomsday gets activated. And he's a big meathead, and humans don't realize if you shoot Doomsday with conventional weapons, this is yeah, our biggest we, issue. This is our biggest uh, issue with. Well, okay, Doomsday. I will. Before we get to that, I do like they've got they got the evolution of Dark. I mean, uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Correct. They have like the original Doomsday, which is more of the humanoid form, um, well, Hulk-like form, where it's just a big, honking dark gray. He's a he's a big wild animal. Right. And then they, they nuke him. And then they hit him with a nuke, and then he evolves. 
And then he crashes into a nuclear power plant. And then we get the doomsday we know, who was just, um, he's still just a, he's more a force of a nature. And, and he, the spikes come out. And, yeah, he gets more spiky. As, as, the longer the fight goes. And my biggest thing is he has a solar flare attack. Ah! Well, I, I saw a joke times? on, uh, I think it was on five times? the Batman memes uh, site or something on Facebook, and it was like, uh, Zach, should Doomsday shoot lasers out of his eyes or his mouth? Zack Snyder, Fist. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and then I think the response is, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's that's a reference to one of the comic book scenes, so it's, it's kind of a famous, like, middle cover, um, so like, Doomsday is on one side, Superman's on one side, and they're both having this laser beam fight. Um, but in the movie, like you see Doomsday do his thing, and it's so it's probably one of like the most visually impressive scenes in the entire movie. It really was. Um, I was a little disappointed oh, no, well, in some well, of the CGI. Wonder, Wonder Woman flying in though, in a couple. Of yeah, that scenes. was cool. But to me personally, that laser beam fight was just phenomenal. Yeah, it was just because the way it happened. Because you see Doomsday just go ah, and like you, you see, see the laser see. beams come out of his eyes and his and mouth. And then Superman, Superman does the same thing. And they show they show the strains around the eyes, yeah, veins, and oh. it goes and it goes like it's like this three D model where it's like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a panoramic view to where you see like it goes from like the back of Dark Side or Doomsday, and it goes to the back of Superman, and then it comes to this perfect equilibrium where they're on each side. They're both using their flowers, and it meets exactly in the middle of the stage. And then Doomsday, uh, yeah, Doomsday says, "I'm sick of this. Here's extra power." And then just his whole face explodes in a force of laser, and knocks Superman back. And it's just, oh, yeah. Reason I wanted to mention magic though is because, uh, again, tirades. I apologize. I have ADD. I'm tired. We went to St. Louis or no. Omaha over the weekend. We just drove back at 7 a.m. this morning. Um, reason I wanted to magic mention magic. Kryptonians' second weakness is magic. They are weak to magic. Magic can severely weaken them, but it cannot kill a Kryptonian. The only thing that can kill a Kryptonian is a weapon made of Krypton or an enchanted sorcerer. Um, which, that's how they kill Doomsday. Obviously, it's based on Zod's body. Superman gets the spear. Diana had? No, Batman created well, a spear the, of yeah. Kryptonite. Yeah, oh, okay. it's tech. Yeah, it's technically so, this like the spear of destiny or whatever they call it. Um, but instead of having uh, whatever tip it had in the comic books, it's a Kryptonian. Oh, it's a, okay. It's a so, yeah. it's a Kryptonite tip. So actually, the the fight between Bruce and Batman when Batman puts the you mean paw, Batman and I mean, Superman? Bat- yeah, Batman and Superman. The that would between, be interesting. The fight between <laughs> Batman, the Bruce and Batman, is a whole different comic book. And it's <laughs> But anyways, uh, the the fight between um, the two of them, uh, Batman obviously prepped it. And I love that scene. They show Batman going to a certain section in the building and drops it. And then he goes to the top of the building and waits for Batman. I mean, for Superman to come because he puts on the signal. So he actually, the fight progresses from area to area exactly how he wants it. Pulls out the spear and he's ready to kill him. Yada, 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 yada. Martha, why did you say that name? Who's Martha? Why did you say that name? That's his mother. That's my mother. Oh, we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what actually happened? Pretty Essentially, oh, Lois, Lois saved Superman. Came in time and basically saved Superman because she's she during the fight she is flying to she's flying to Gotham. So 
that's where we kind of get the half hour or hour time frame. Right. But she comes in just in time and to hear him say Martha and he's like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, saves Martha. And the funny thing is, when he saves Martha, he's like, I'm a, son of I'm a, I'm a friend of your son's. See, I know. I figured. The okay. cape. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty clever. I like a clever Martha Kent. I will say I will say that much. Um, okay, so, and all right, we should probably round up. No, yeah, we, yeah. we need to round up. Um. Oh, but anyways, the spear. Uh, so he drops the spear. Batman drops the spear. Ultimately, obviously, not killing Clark. Um, and then the whole doomsday thing happens. Lois thinks she's doing a great idea of getting rid of the spear in one of the scenes. She drops it in some water. Which which kind of deceiving because she drops it in where she drops it in because the lake is on by the bay. Yeah, it's yeah. by the bay. I was assuming it was gonna go into the river, and I was kind of hoping for a surprise Aquaman. Aquaman, Aquaman shows up. You dropped this. And I was like, you people are interrupting my nap. And you're destroying the ocean. Chucks it. Lands on dark side side. You mean what? But what dark side doomsday? I'm sorry. I'm tired. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. The villain whose name starts with a D that they actually fought in this movie. Yes, yes. that one. Anyways, uh, so didn't happen. Um, typical scene. Lois is in trouble. Batman leaves a fight. Oh, well, Superman leaves a fight to go save so, Lois because Lois is trapped underneath the water because of the shot, the solar flare building caved in on the lake area. Ah. So she's trapped, and actually, immediately after the laser beam fight, when he gets knocked back, he's uh, Superman flies in the air, and he's about ready to charge in, and he hears he hears thumping from underneath the water, and he goes save Lois, and then he happens to dive in, grab the spear, obviously comes back up, very in pain, but he because may- he's holding a weapon that includes kryptonite, and then Lois kind of pulls him out. Tosses the weapon aside so it doesn't affect him, and it's basically long enough for Superman to say, "I love you. I love this world. You are my world." Bye. Picks up the spear, flies, and and the cool thing was that you see Wonder Woman with the lasso of truth. That's the first time you see the lasso of truth. She's and trying to pin. And, yeah, and, and so I think it glows. It glows. Okay. okay. Which is she's holding which him is down. Another big hit towards magic in the world. Because I'll have you like, well, it's just a rope. No, it's the last of truth. And when she throws it and she hooks him to him, he immediately is restrained. Like, immediately is restrained and has tr- trouble struggling. Yeah. And, and then as she's holding it, Batman, Batman uses launches this gas bomb. grenade of kryptonite. And he's breathing it in. So, obviously, this is slowing him down enough for Superman to get in there. Now, granted, just before that, Wonder Woman chopped off his hand. And it grew back with the... the Spike, hand. spike knuckles, spike knuckles. So as he stabbed him, as Superman stabbed him, and is holding the spear, obviously gave Doomsday that opening, boom, right in the heart. Ah, hence how he died. They both died together. So that made sense. So that's how that all concluded, and then of course we get to Lex Luthor going in jail, and then the Doctor saying yada yada. But this movie, the second watch. I think made it better now that I had a chance to really process information. Yeah, and I said something very controversial that had you and a bunch of my Facebook friends reacting. I said this might be the best Batman movie since Batman Begins. I could could probably be in line with that. I think I tried to basically say you're allowed your opinion. Yeah, um, (laughs) and a lot of people are like, Dark Knight, bro, what are you talking about? 
while I do love Dark Knight, the best parts of Dark Knight, Joker. That movie, it was ultimately a Joker movie. That movie would ultimately. not. That movie would not have been as good if it wasn't for Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, rest his soul. Um, that man was phenomenal. apparently they had plans. They had already written out the third movie for him before obviously he was passing. Right. right. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that would have been phenomenal. He would have been amazing for Killing Joke. Oh my goodness, that would have been. Oh, if they nice. did. Yeah, if they did oh. a live one, yeah. Oh, that would have been. Anyway, animated Killing Joke. I want to get into DC Comics. Um. um Rebirth, because we've been on Batman for like an like hour. I'm pretty sure it's been an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not really complaining, but yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah, we said that. You, yeah, yeah. Spoiler warning, was add another 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, but you get the idea. I don't know necessarily. All right, let's just wrap this up. So far, great rating. In terms of how, how so? The movie. Well, okay, so are you asking him to give like what, what, like what scale, like A, B, D, A, 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 A through F? Ooh, I, I, you know what? It would be in that like a very strong B plus, closing in on an A minus. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a very a very strong B low like low A minus grade right in there. I would say the same thing. I would say A minus B plus, um, and. I will retract my statement and put Dark Knight above this movie, but it's the best movie since Dark Knight. I mean, in my opinion, and I wrote this again, uh, Dark Knight, Batman vs. Superman, and then there's a giant gap. <laughs> and then we have Batman Begins, which just, it was just a good way to restart the Batman series after just a bunch of, yeah. Yeah. And then we have... Dark Knight Rises, which I have serious issues with. We've talked about that. Uh, Talia Ghul, baby. We, 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 and then there's another gargantuan Grand Canyon gap between <laughs> Batman Begins and all the other movies. All the rest. Right. <laughs> all the rest. The four that we will not mention. Where he's either a murdering terrorist yeah. or a joke. Yeah. So we're not More of a joke than the Adam West. Um, <laughs> so what I'm hearing from you guys is basically you're going to rate this movie at about 8.3 out of 10, not quite enough justice. 8.5. I give it 8.5. 8.5 out of yeah, 10, yeah, yeah, not quite enough justice. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, here's my thing. Um, watching 8. it, two, t- eight, eight, watching it two times I felt like gave me, would, gave me enough information to really be able to solve, give it that rating strongly without really saying, you know, um, I need to see it again. Yeah, no. Yeah, eight point five, eight point five. Based on the fact that we have a strong Batman, a strong Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, and an improving <laughs> Superman, because this is this movie is significantly better than Man of Steel. Okay, well, yeah, there are people but who also, love Man of Steel. No, no, no. Here, here's the thing. I'm not going to say it makes Man of Steel better, Absolutely. but knowing can make that movie better. But knowing that we have an injustice type of Superman. Gives a slightly better understanding for Man of Steel from that Which, aspect. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's going to make it a better right. film, but if I was to rewatch it, knowing with what I know now. Which will probably what we'll do is like yeah. as, as the movies come out, we'll watch. Because when the next one is announced, I'll watch Man of Steel, Steel, Steel. BVS, um, and Down. Oh, shoot, I just said. Oh, no, I was going to say. Um, in general, my thought, from a lot of the reviews I've seen, even the ones that are negative, I generally haven't seen 
many that have said, "Oh, the casting is terrible." Oh, you know, no, every, no, any, no. most all of the more negative things I've been hearing that to me stick out as a legitimate thing to say. It's the writing, the directing, like the screenplay. I mean, there's some of the some of the moments of directing were. A little abrupt enough to I, I can definitely understand where yeah, and I there were some I scenes think, that were just a hard change. You're just like Whoa. Yeah, my, and my thing is like I feel like this is where that warning is like this movie is meant for comic book fans. If you're a comic book fan, which is why I want to hear what Kevin Smith has to say because I feel like no one knows comic book better than Kevin Smith. Apart from besides those the guys who write him, yeah. Um, so I want to see what the comic book does fanatics he, have. Does to he say. have a? Is he saying I will give a review on this date or? We're just I, we I, haven't, I haven't looked for it, but yeah. I'm sure he The has moment one we more. look, I'm sure he's already had, if not, he's about to put one up because maybe he was waiting for the weekend to get through. Maybe a lot yeah. of people. By the way, Kevin people, Smith is coming to Kansas City, which I might have to buy a ticket for. I know, right? It's Kevin Smith. It is. It's Kevin Smith. Anyway. anyway. Um, moving on, we got a bunch of information from WonderCon about Rebirth Comics. We actually have a bunch of writers that were revealed for a bunch of books. If you don't know what Rebirth is, Rebirth it is, is yeah. DC Comics' big event that is coming out. The whole premise of Rebirth, which I, I don't remember if I touched on it uh, at all, but the whole premise of Rebirth is, and Jeff Johns did a, a, a pretty interesting piece that he said. It was a, like a three-minute interview or whatever video that they, he did. is Similar with what they did with Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth was that they felt like something was missing that used to make those comics great. So, like, with the return of Barry Allen, with, you know, Barry Allen at that point being out, written out of comics for about, was it 10 years? At least. At least a solid 10 years. And bringing back Barry Allen, they wanted to make the comics not quite feel completely like the comics of old, but give it that essence of why people enjoyed them. And so they're trying to do that with the whole series. So I don't know necessarily how much that's going to reset continuity of what they have now hmm. but I think they're going to still it sounds like a few lines aren't going to change at all they're going to keep going forward with them they might just get the rebirth name and maybe change some minor details but they're trying to bring back what made those comics great essentially is how I understood it Right. I'll have to find the I'll find the YouTube video, and if I remember, I'll try to post it to the page, and that way everybody can kind of see it and yeah. watch it. So, so real quick, I don't want. There's a, a ton of stuff. If you want to see all of the names and um, announcements, um, definitely go check DC's Twitter. Most notable and probably most relevant um, post movie, um, Trinity, Batman, Super Wonder Batman. Woman. Oh, they're redoing uh, another Trinity. Well, it's Trinity featuring Superman's. Which has been written by Francis Matapool, okay. um, DC Rebirth. Because I haven't done like an actual Trinity, yeah, in like ten years. Yeah, so Trinity's coming back. Wonder Woman returns with Liam R. Sharp writing. We also have Justice League. Um, gets this artist is going to be Tony Daniels the second, and Fernando Parajan starts seven six. Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and the Green Lantern Corps. So there's two different Green Lanterns we're getting. Hal, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps starts 713 with Robert Vendetti and Ethan Van Silver. Oh, yeah. Um, writing and drawing. This is Green Lanterns, which is running 6-1. Sam Humphreys and Jeff Johns. 
Oh, it's going to be doing that. That's, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, that's all I need to John hear. John Semper is moving animation, moving from animations to comics with Cyborg coming in August. Aquaman Shrines continues the seven C storyline with Vincent Abnett coming in June. Um, and then the ones I'm most excited for: Titan Hunts becomes Titans. So Titans Hunt is now officially. Oh, Titans. by the way, um, WonderCon f- got the first release of Justice League versus uh, Teen Titans on the twenty sixth. Um, the release uh, for it elsewhere is on the 29th, By the way. Yeah, 29th of this month. So the, two days. The release of the actual the movie? movie? The release okay. of the movie. Because yeah. I know we've had the trailer. Yeah. WonderCon got first dibs at buying the DVD. Yeah. So gotcha. Titan Hunts becomes Titans in DC Rebirth with Vincent Abinant and will continue writing the amazing story. Um, so it is a continuation. Um, some Harley Quinn stuff. I'm not as interested in Harley Quinn, but here's something I'm extremely interested in. Green Arrow restrings his bow and returns in DC Rebirth with Benjamin Percy as writer, coming 6-1. Red Hood and the Outlaws returns in July with Scott L- Lobdell and Dexter Soy. We also have Hellblazer, yeah, coming 7-20, which is good to see. Um, they're still hanging on Hellblazer after the failed Constantine TV show, hmm. which I felt was probably on the wrong network, but that's just me. And I, I commend uh, um, I mean, CW actor. for picking picking the actor up, for yeah, reprising yeah. his role. And rumor is he'll be on Legends room, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't, get so it looks like he's gonna hang that. on to that trench coat for a while, which I like. That's, that's I, I really, same I thought, actor. Yeah, same actor. I love. I think, and that's the same thing they said. The actor. He walked perfect. in the room, and they were just like, "We're done. He's him." And they. They canceled the rest of the appointments for the yeah. day. So I think like, it's great that they're sticking with the actor. Ah, um, unfortunately, <laughs> like I said, I think it just sucks that this movie just got picked up by the wrong network. Christopher Priest takes on Deathstroke. Um, here we go. Here's the good stuff. Um, the Dan Jordans and Brendan Chang to continue advancing the story of Batman Beyond. I'm starting in Rebirth. We get Blue Beetle. This is a new Blue Beetle featuring two Blue Beetles starring in August. We got my favorite one, Damian Wayne and Jonathan White team up with the new DC Rebirth series, Super Sons, Son of Batman and Son of Superman. Huh. Yeah, so that's coming in September. We also get Damian Wayne takes the lead with the new Teen Titans. So there's going to be several, so there's going to be Teen Titans and then there's going to be Titans. So those are going to be two separate lines now. Hmm. Damien Wayne is now going to be the leader of the Teen Titans and it's going to feature Beast Girl, not Beast Boy. Um, Flash, um, Starfire, and Raven. So only two boys and three girls this time around. Hmm. Um, no Cyborg. Cyborg is officially yeah. a big boy, yeah. and he is with the Justice, Justice, Justice League. League. So he's a big and, boy. And, and it only makes he sense. He puts on his big boy robot boots in the mornings. Um, it only makes sense, too. DC Rebirth begins May 25th with the DC Universe Rebirth Special. So the entire universe is going to get the Rebirth Special on May 25th with Jeff Johns himself. This is written by Jeff Johns himself. He's, wait, so, he's writing what, what uh, a second title? DC Rebirth begins May 25th with the DC Universe Rebirth special. So the entire universe is going to be summed up in... Okay. He is going to do the nail in the coffin. Yeah, because mm. it only makes sense because he's, he's been the front man lately for this Rebirth. Yeah, and then we get some information about Flash. Here comes the awesome Jim Lee and Dan Ditto discuss Batman Rebirth. So they talk about Batman Rebirth. Um, in the panel, 
And I think that is the last comic announcement. Yeah, that was the last comic announcement they made. Um, oh, they revealed the new suits for the Rebirth. Um, we could probably throw that on the website. Matter of fact, you're going to find it on the page now. So whenever, when this episode is up, you're going to find this uh, image on the page. Um, um, Amy Chu, um, they seem to be making a concerted effort to include a lot more female writers. They talked about Hannah Barbera a lot, um, about her writer, Amy Chu, writing a lot of stuff. Um, so... I'm buying all of the Rebirth special. Here is what I'm probably most excited for. Jason Fabic? Fabok? I don't know how to say his last name. Teaser image for DC Rebirth event, Jokes on You. And it's got Classic Joker, New 52 Joker, and this is what I like. It's my favorite one so far. So I can't, so the image is obviously. Um, is that is that killing the joke, joke? The Joker. It's picture? killing joke, Joker. We have like Joker from, like we have hipster yeah, Joker with the mohawk. We have the hipster mohawk. We have Joker yeah. from the last previous years. We have killing joke, Joker. And we have like sixty Joker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and it's called jokes on you. So whatever this is, I think I don't know if this is going to be an entire storyline or if this is going to be a one-off, a special. But I am going to my pool list in about. 45 minutes after everyone is done. My place in the vision, my place in DC superheroes tonight. And I'm, I'm putting all these comics on my list. AKA, I'm spending a guy going to amount of money on comics. Ah. So, well, my expenses are going to be my car and my comics. That's it. Ah. Um, you just on. previewed your money to blow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which. <laughs> um, division is amazing. Um, I want to talk about gameplay real quick. Division is amazing. Looking forward to the new patch coming out soon, which is either this week or next week. We get a new playable area. I'm still addicted. I showed these guys my build. Um, looking forward to playing a little bit more on the PS4 over the next couple weeks, but still grinding it out on the Xbox One. Still putting in a lot of time, a lot of hard work, but having a lot of fun with it. Um, will I go back to Destiny when the April update comes out? Maybe. Solid maybe. I still love Destiny. A couple thousand hours in that game, so I just can't walk away from that. Um, still love it, still like playing it, but we'll see once uh, once we have content for Division and content for Destiny at the same time. I think that tactical gameplay appeals more towards me, especially because like I showed you guys how much how in depth it can get. Right. Where I took a weapon that had eighty five deep eighty five k DPS and put it to one hundred and twelve k DPS, and I bought a ridiculous scope for a sniper rifle. I put it on my vector. And it put it like 115k DPS. I love that min-maxing. I'm still ironing out my build. Um, footage recorded. Um, it's getting edited right now. Even more about gaming is on the horizon. It is coming. Oh, yeah, you ha- That's what you've been doing. Like I couldn't quite. I was like, this man's recording out of gameplay. Mm, it clicks. It clicks. Even more about gaming is coming gameplay. It might be a solo show. It might be a co-op show. It will be. Um, I will make rare guest appearance because I ain't that big on like I'm not a huge the yeah. heavy gamer like he is yeah so it will be more discussion based what's going on in the industry it's gonna be me doing what I love um if you're like just keep posted I know I've been saying it's coming it's coming I promise like I have three four five hours worth of gameplay footage recorded um it's 99% division gameplay so um yeah I might do some more like breakdowns about what I think about the game. 
Um, but right now, just having fun playing. What are you guys playing? Um, right now, Division, mostly. How do you feel about it? I really enjoy it, but um, I haven't played a lot of a lot of co-op yet. So a lot of it's been just me trying to get through the areas, kind of, yeah. I guess, get to the end game. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested to see what it would look like to actually roll in a squad of, with at least one person I know and you know kind of know how they play. Yeah, squad of trust. four, yeah. Squad of four is definitely a way to play. What I'm hoping for is that they balance single player content and multiplayer content because end game right now is all multiplayer. It is all dark zone. I mean, there are some people who are in the dark zone that are just kicking groups of people in the tail. There was one guy, me and my buddy. Um, shout out to my homie Casey Waterman. We were in the dark zone. It was late night. We're like, ah, this one guy's by himself. Should we kill him? Yeah, he steamrolled us. Hmm. Two of us. He looked at us, basically didn't even flinch, wiped us out, and didn't even stop to pick us our gear. He just kept running. He didn't even bother. Pe- he killed us. Didn't even bother picking up the gear we dropped off, and he just kept running. He was like, ah, you guys are a waste of my time. Just wow. bulldozed us. One guy. And we were both at full health. We were boasting at the same time. He ignored, essentially ignored all our damage, put down Casey Waterman, and I was still shooting at him. He turned around and looked at me, and I died. <laughs> he looked at me, and then I was just I there. didn't even, like, go into the down state. He just he looked at me, <laughs> took two shots, and I just it was like, you have died. <laughs> you have died. So, yeah. Was he shooting a rocket launcher? He was a level 68 and we were thirty twos, thirty fours, thirty fives. So the gear he was able, the gear he was able to craft was, I'm sure, decades ahead of what we had. It so, was asinine. Yeah, it was asinine. As a ten, as eleven, as a twelve. <laughs> Little uh, first take reference for you sports fans out there. If you don't know what that is, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless in the morning. The only reason I pay attention to sports before noon. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, game is eating my life. What are you playing, John? Uh, I'm not getting a lot of gaming in right now, uh, just because... Life. Yeah, life. Um, I have played a little bit of The Division. Like, I think I was telling you, I've done, like, the intro missions, and then I started on one, I guess, post-intro-slash-setup mission. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I like the whole, like, your central base is always customized to you, um... I'm liking what I'm seeing from, you know, both my play and your guys' play, like, with the how you can mod weapons and whatnot. Um, I kind of like how it's not, you know, you've got, like, talents and stuff, and it's not just, oh, extra grenades. Like, I, I've i actually been playing with the, like, medical-focused talents. Yeah. Or, well, talent, skill, whatever. Just the one, because I'm not very far in. Um, I, I'm having to kind of relearn... Or not relearn, like, even though I had heard you, I think you specifically say it's an MMO, not a shooter, so headshots aren't a guaranteed kill, I still find myself trying to aim for center mass or head. Yeah. And expecting it to help to just instantly down him, and it doesn't. And then I'm like, oh, I have to keep putting bullets into them. Yeah, it's um, definitely, I've said this multiple times, this is an RPG. Yeah. This is, this is an art, this is an RPG with shooter mechanics it is not the other uh, destiny is a shooter with rpg mechanics this is an rpg with shooter mechanics right this is damage dealing over time and like you get to the end game and we have four people with all 100k 
Four, yeah, four of us, all weapons over 100k, and we are just plowing into this guy, and he's just like, are you, are, this is a tickle fight, right? And then just runs through with the flamethrower, bulldozes over the whole team, we're like, alright, everybody run. Next time we see him, run. So, I mean, we have, there are different teams running different tactics, there are some pros out there who will beat the game on challenging all 30 missions, all that good stuff, so... Um, I'm having, my, I'm enjoying my time with the game. I, Lord knows how much time I'm going to eat up. G, what are you playing right now? Um, when I get around to it, I've been playing Destiny. Actually, that's kind of the game that I would say I, I like, if I'm playing a game, that's the game of choice at the moment. When I get to it. Um, but other than that, I haven't really played anything else. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for Uncharted 4. <laughs> it got pushed back again to me. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still. Oh God. Uh, but uh, waiting for Final Fantasy 15, which looks like not happening anytime soon again. Yep. So the event is actually on the thirtieth. Thirtieth. Three thought, days I saw, away. I saw them. They kind of got me confused and worried. I saw them tweet out. The event is happening on the 31st instead, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, but either way, it's supposed to happen this week. Yeah, this regardless. Week. We're going to get a date. <laughs> but also the, the, the Final Fantasy 15. <sighs> here's, here's, here's the trouble. They said they've upped the... <laughs> our gameplay. Our gameplay went up from 40 hours to about 50 hours. And then later on, in that same exact article, we're working on... Polishing what we have so far, they haven't even finished. They don't know what the end of the game is, and they didn't. They said they were not in the final stages. They're not in the final stages. They're still polishing the middle yeah, of the game. This is the this end is of the game is still not a thing. Yeah. Uh, so why are they announcing a release date? Lord knows. The end of the game is not a thing. That is, it's not playable, essentially. It might be a thing that exists, but it's not playable. It's not polished, it's not optimized, it's not balanced. We're on a struggle. If they come out and say anything, 2017, I refuse to talk about this game until it's on the shelf. Yeah. Or in my PlayStation 4. I just, I will, I will, that game ceases to exist until it's in my PS4. Because this is ridiculous. If they come out and say January 1st, 2017, I give up. I might not buy it. Because at that point, you're going to be wondering if you're actually going to get a game? I, I mean... Like, I... Just... I'm losing words to so just... I'm, I'm not... I'm just confused. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm excited. Just a <laughs> rush of emotions. And but right now, it's not even better. We're so tired from the weekend. I just want to play it, the game. Just finish the game. <laughs> 40 hours was more than enough gameplay. 50 I'll take. But finish come the game. On, finish please. the game. <laughs> we aren't even going to talk well, about well, what they Mars need to do. The what we, they need to do is now just put other projects on hold, have the entire team work on one game, get it done out the door, and then move to the next one because obviously it's just getting. What I hope doesn't uh, happen is they suffer the fate of Konami. Or Konami. Because um, Konami is virtually out of the video game industry. They're not pachinko machines and gyms or whatever they're doing. But they are essentially out of the video game industry. 
those bitching machine, machines are starting to pop up like well like they're popping up here but like like wildfire dominating Japanese market they're huge which I don't understand I, just, I don't get it anyway <laughs> moving on I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Actually, okay uh, John you have notes and obviously we've taken up a ton of time so yeah go so ahead the, show, please, and the, the show is yours well, and at I this was, point, yes, you control it. <laughs> well, it's still ultimately your show, but um, I feel like the other than like you know the typical segment stuff that we have, like my big chunk of notes per se, really kind of flows out from what we were literally just talking about because it's I called it game ideas you'd love to see and play, but think probably will never get made. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I so because really it's it's I. If nothing else, I think it's a fun mental exercise. Um, but, like, I know at least one of them won't happen, even though I'd love it to. Uh, two of, really, only the third idea maybe could happen at some point. But, um, sorry, you were going to say something, Caleb? No, go ahead. So, like, the first one, um, this one, I don't know if it'll end up being a little obscure overall or anything, but basically the, my idea would be a Pacific Rim game that's based overall on how XCOM plays. And I'm specifically oh looking gosh. towards the first oh. XCOM game of the new series. I know there was the older series out there, you know, so all XCOM the hard enemy unknown. Yeah, XCOM enemy unknown. So, and I'm I'm actually choosing that fairly deliberately. Like the biggest change is that um, you would have multiple bases. But you're also not having to worry about, like, radar sites and stuff. But because, um, have you guys seen the movie Pacific Rim? Mm-mm. No, I actually have not. Okay. I well, mean, I don't know about it. But. I mean, the general premise is, at least at one point in the history of the universe, you had multiple bases around the Pacific Ocean that could deploy their giant robots. They to call them the Jaegers to fight the kaiju. So this would basically be set during that period. Like the, oh, okay. the bulk of the movie is kind of like Close. a des- it's after it, most of the bases are shut down so it's kind of the last desperate gasp of humanity in the sense of these are the last few Jaegers left active. This would be while there's still a lot of Jaegers active. But it's not like it wouldn't be like a full RTS cuz the 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 setting of Pacific Rim doesn't really lend itself to we're going to field like 50 Jaegers. You, you don't see that. So, so a team-based, tactical, turn-based R- RTS. Well, a yeah, turn-based RTS. Turn-based strategy, strategy game, yeah. So, and l- less shooter elements because while most of, many of the uh, Jaegers have Weapon. ranged weapons, they're still fairly short range. And ultimately, like in, in the director's vision, you know, the idea was that they were big and they had, you know, hands and arms and stuff because he wanted them to grapple with the kaiju so they wouldn't so the kaiju don't get to the city. You could you can shoot kaiju to pieces, but that's not necessarily always good because they literally spread toxins around. So a yeah, it's small team, so it's like one to four Jaegers. You know, I mean I know with XCOM it starts off with four, but you know, in this case you're not just some, you know, schmuck sol- soldier guy with a with an M sixteen, you're a giant robot. So, you know, you start off, you know, you're, and the kaiju start off kind of smaller and weaker, etc. and then you can ramp things up. Um, you'd have research to make your Jaegers better, you'd have research to understand the enemy better, that could translate to, I don't know, like, bonuses to damage against them, or ways to, you know, 
gadgets you can use to disable them, whatever. Uh, you have bases all over that you can react to enemy attacks with. Um, there would even be the whole uh, PR funding angle thing. No, you know? no. I see what you mean. Because I mean, that's an element in XCOM, isn't it? Like, if you're not careful, you start losing funding from nations. Yeah, so... Um... I mean, just in general, just... So, yeah, it's like, there's nations in the universe, and um, depending on who's happy, it depends on what kind of resources you get. So right. it's more like... Uh, yeah, so it's like a resource pool. So, yeah. like, if Africa okay. goes down, you lose your scientist. Like, they were they were donating a certain amount of money plus a scientist a month. If the continent of Africa goes dark, you lose that funding and that one scientist a month forever. But let's say you decided to focus on Europe... Central America and the U.S. and they are staying relatively happy. You will continue to get the resource. Um, if one starts to get in the red zone, the resources will lower, but you'll get that person. Unless a continent goes dark, you don't lose right. that human resource. So yeah, something you like could that. use. It could have a similar angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's again. I don't think it'd ever get made. They made like a free mobile, like kind of punch them out game. You know, back when the movie was coming out that interacted with the create-your-own-Jaeger thing. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not, you know, they. I don't think we're probably ever going to see anything like that, just because while the series is popular to a degree, it, it hasn't hit the popularity that a lot it of other movies have. Maybe the next one will take off more, but I don't know. Um, another idea I had was, and this kind of connects with some stuff we were talking about earlier, is a... A game that's like centered on not just Batman but the whole Bat family. Uh, I said like based on Arkham Universe, but I'm thinking it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Arkham Universe. I'm more thinking the way the Arkham games play in general. So the combo of stealth and combat, gadgets, etc. But I would kind of like to see something that gives you a little more flexibility with gadget use and maybe a little bit less feeling of if you're in a fist if you're in a direct combat rather than stealth combat a little bit less feeling of combo 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 mash 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 yeah i mean it can be fun but it at least for me sometimes it would get frustrating because it felt like i wasn't hitting every button in exactly the right sequence at exactly the right time da, da, da. and to me one of the things that would make that kind of an idea of really fun would be each member of the Bat family has something unique about them. So, like, maybe Batman is kind of a generalist in most stuff, but he's, like, the toughest. Like, he has the most health and armor overall. Not that they the other guys have, like, no health and armor, but if you're, if you're like, I just want to wade in, punch guys, and take hits, you pick Batman. Um... Nightwing maybe has extra options for movement type yeah, speed. stuff. Speed, yeah. Because he's an acrobat. Right. He can jump. He has moves that center on jumps. You know, maybe he could, like, jump all the way up to the ceiling and jump back down, whatever. Uh, so if you included Cassandra Kane as either Batgirl or Black Bat, maybe she would have extra options for combos and she could build, like, the combo... Uh, not combo meter, but she could chain combos together easier. Yeah. Because she's really good at martial arts. I mean, you have to kind of take the strengths as presented in the comic books and whatnot and translate it over to the game. But I feel like even just kind of working within the framework of Rocksteady's game system, there's a lot of possibility there. She just gave me an idea. 
So, I mean, I feel like that one could be done, and it maybe could be done easier than some other ideas out there. I just don't think it probably will be done, because I think Rocksteady has said that they're done with their Batman series, which I can respect. They, they told their story with Ar- the Arkham series, and now they're done. Telltale's picking something up. I'm actually interested to see... Yeah, what that actually Telltale looks very, very interesting to me. But I do kind of want to see what actual gameplay looks like. Uh, is Telltale the ones, like, it's all just, like, kind of point-and-click story-based yeah. stuff? Yeah, it's the point-and-click. Okay, and so I, I would be interested to kind of see how that plays out in the context of, like, a Batman story. To see, like, so, okay, Batman gets in a fight. Like, how does that work, you know, etc. But I'm at least interested in what, what they could be telling. Um, but I don't know. I always like Batman games in general. Or at least I've liked Batman <laughs> games ever since Arkham Asylum has come out. Um, and then the, the other idea I had was, and I this one feels a little vaguer, is, like, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of, you know, Kind of in the same vein as maybe stuff like, I haven't really played, but maybe sort of along the lines of Destiny or like Borderlands or, you know, a lot of the more recent, more sci-fi type uh, shooter RPG blends. I would like to see one that like has your character specifically is wearing like some sort of, you know, power armor. Um, I know there was the game Warframe that came out a couple years ago. I never played it. Mm. I heard... You know, I heard a little bit about it, and then it was like it went away. Um, so maybe it was kind of a step in that direction, but I know that one was also maybe really multiplayer-focused. I'm thinking one that was more single-player-focused. Like, I said kind of like... I'm thinking more something like towards like a Skyrim or Fallout in the sense of, like, you know, very rich single-player experience, um, high-level customization, that sort of thing. So you can, you know, you can choose your character's going to be fast, but fragile, if he's going to be stealthy, if he's going to be tough, you know, is he going to use lasers, guns, missiles, etc., etc. You know, I the idea I had, the way I said it was like a, almost a make-your-own Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, which could include make-your-own war machine, but, you know, make-your-own Iron Man. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a game out there like that, but I feel like it's not quite there. But the reason I said power armor is because I want something that lets you explore more environments than just, like, running around on the ground. Like, with a power armor, you could have flight sequences, you could have underwater sequences, you could have space sequences. I feel like it would, explicitly making it you are wearing a power armor would give you just a much broader range of possible environments you could put in the game. Which would give you then more options for things to do in the game. That's like and I just let's make a, a a legit Gundam game. Well, yeah, that would that would be what I'd love to <laughs> that, see. Uh, that's yeah, like, what I'm well, hearing. And then the question, well, yeah, I mean that would be something I'd like to see too. That'd I just, be awesome. Like, well, then to me the question then is, well, how do you like do you pick an existing Gundam franchise, like an existing Gundam yeah. storyline, or do you make a completely new one? I, there's strengths and weaknesses to both. It's very much so. Or do you find ways to incorporate both? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, that's an interesting thought. That would be thought. fun, though. A, a custom... A, a Gundam game, especially one that actually allowed customization. Considering there's so many different kinds of Gundams that already exist. Yeah. I mean, I know be, there was... That would the, be awesome. The, the series they put out, I think it's a couple of years ago now, that was, it was like Gundam Build Fighters, which was... 
at least an interesting break. I think it was something like I'm trying to think what a comparison because it seemed like basically the idea was instead of actually fighting Gundams, it was in a world where everybody built model kits that they could plug into some hyper-advanced computer system, and then they basically had VR Gundam fights. Yeah. And so you had some, like, I remember seeing pictures, like, there were some, you know, Gundam designs that I was just like, what? <laughs> like, if that works for you, okay, but what? <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I wanted to open that up to... If you guys had something that came to mind, you know, after I've kind of given a couple examples, you know, I wanted this to be something, you know, we could kind of uh, contribute. I don't know if you, one that's always kind of been, and maybe I've overlooked it, and maybe there is one that exists out there. I don't know if you guys know this show, IGPX, Immortal Grand Prix. Um, it, it's a show, it was an anime, but it appeared on Toonami for a short while. Uh, and I remember they dropped the word ass, and immediately after two, it, like the next week, it ended up on Adult Swim, and I was like, "Well, all right, whatever, we'll go with it." Right. You know? uh, but anyways, uh, so the whole premise—it's a racing show uh-huh. with like uh, so sixty miles of track with these mech bots. Um, so there's the fight. There's these uh, teams of three. Okay. And they take the, these bots can take fighting uh, fighting form, and they can take um, like a racer form, more of like a race car esque type form. To so they down. kind of have some transformation. They're, they're, yeah, just okay. the two forms. And okay. so I, you know, it, that racing aspect, but that fighting aspect, but obviously there's, uh, you know, that tactical work so there's the the attacker there's the defender um and so they these three team of three half positions and there's a little bit of strategy with how they presented the the show but Mm. to me that's that would be an interesting concept to turn it into a game you know it's a racing game but yet it's a fighting game at the same time but yet it's a bit of a strategy how do when do you block um the other team from passing you or would you allow them to pass you on certain turns and then overtake in another area yada, yada. but I thought for me I've always thought like that would be an interesting game to play if we can get the mechanics right or something like that I wonder what that would look like in our hands on a console you know but it's a good show though I recommend watching it there's my recommendation for the day IGPX if you've not seen it <laughs> there you go all rolled up into one I'll, 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 I'll remind you guys again later <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's really interesting. I had this one dream. It was way too ambitious, but it can never work. Is that you start with a blank slate, and depending on how you um, play the game, the game evolves. Um, so, the world just exists, and what you do in the world advances the story. So, it basically, it's a giant simulator. If you just walking in the world and you see your basketball, and you start playing basketball, and you play basketball, the game becomes a basketball game. If you're walking down the street and you walk down an alley and you see a crime and you commit a crime, you could become a cop and start stopping crimes, become a criminal, become a criminal drug lord. Um, you see some painting, you begin to read uh, more paintings, the game evolves into a sieve-type, turn-based game. But you see the mechanics don't work. There's too many mechanics in one more. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't work. It's just more of a fantasy. Yeah. The game that I would like to see work, which I think is actually very possible, and you tell me, it's a Bat Family 
2D side scroller action game. Okay. Yeah. In the likes of something like not Contra, Contra's too old, but um Shadow Complex or Mark of a Ninja. Something like that. I think that's actually very doable. Um, that sounds like a really like mobile marketable game. Exactly. Something like that I sounds mean sounds like it'd be fun though. So far Assassin's Creed Chronicles hasn't worked out too well, but that's why I say I I, I want to liken it more towards something like Shadow Complex where you have grappling mechanics, where you have sneaking mechanics, where you have takedown mechanics, where you have deep entrenched story. And I think it'd be awesome to have the Bat family in it because you could play single player and it just be Batman, he can hop multiple levels and while he's advancing through the level. Or you could have Batman and Robin, and then Robin and Batman, depending on the combination of the two, three, the two to three, maybe four characters you have on screen, that could be a combo. And if you have four people playing at one time, you can have an ultimate combo where um, Batman hits him and will just like one hit, they get stunned, Robin comes flying, a double kick knocks him back, Nightwing comes in with his stun lance, hits him a couple of stun lances, and then you have um, Batgirl comes, loses some jujitsu move, knocks out the enemy, things of that nature. So super, that would moves, be, yeah. super moves would be included. You could do things like um, Nightwing throws up his... The scream sticks? Yeah, his scream sticks. They create a streaking sound. Batman throws out um, his uh, batarangs and knocks the enemies out. Or Batman throws out his batarangs and Robin throws explosives on top of them. So when they hit the enemy, not only do they explode, but then they combo into the other enemies. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so there's lots of options it could be. Yeah, that's, that would... That sounds, that sounds, that, that yeah. sounds amazing. Somebody make that game. I want that. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, what about you? Um, I haven't thought about that too much. I know there are more one style of game that comes to mind. Uh, one game already exists in it that I've seen kind of the right direction I'd like to see in other, uh, based on other series. Uh, Dragon Ball uh, Xenoverse, where you can kind of create okay. a character. I'd like to see more depth than that because... There's still a lot of that where you can't really customize the character themselves. Yeah, it was... But I think it's a step in the right direction compared to... I want to say it was Ultimate Tenkaichi or something. where you, uh, There were like uh, hardly any options. Uh, you could create a character, but... Talk about being basic. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot to choose from. So I think that's a cool idea, and I'd like to see that... I'd like to see another Dragon Ball game like that, like that takes it a little further... Yeah, but I'd also like to see that for games like for series like Naruto or One Piece, where you can kind of create your own story with that character, and like choose, in the case of like Naruto, choose like what kind of ninjutsu they yeah, do, yeah, yeah. okay, like, what village they're or from. what you can learn. Yeah, choose what you learn. Like, yeah, yeah, I really wanted something like that. Which like every once in a while, um, you run into one of these like create your own ninja things, and it's just more like you have a palette character and it's generic moves from the Naruto series but the other game I didn't want is a full-fledged RPG in the vein of Tenshu but it has nothing it's just a ninja RPG where you start off as a basic ninja and depending on there's going to be an overarching story but depending on what path you choose you could be 
um, more like the China, the old classic ninja moves or whatever, where you're a ninja, you shuriken, you use a knife, or it could be more of a taijutsu based ninja, or what we've become used to seeing as ninja based on Naruto is this more um, hand A battle mage almost? Yeah, almost this battle mage that uses not only taijutsu, but jujitsu and genjutsu, um, which are staples of the Naruto series. But I mean, like, we had ninjas, we've had ninjas for forever, and it's typically like martial arts, stealth type. Almost, well, we ha- I mean, Ninja Gaiden was not about stealth. Ninja Gaiden was about survival. Because <laughs> <laughs> enemies just beat the brakes off of you. But maybe something that was like a, the Splinter Cell of ninjas. Hmm. Yeah, a very... That ninja- could be really fun. Yeah, an entrenched series where like the, the, the further you go, you might find the ultimate sword, or you might find up like... The more you're, the better, the more shuriken you use gives you more materials to where you can upgrade your shuriken to where, like, you can now throw one shuriken and um, because you have sharper steel, it'll go through multiple enemies if the shots lined up right. And where, like, since you just can't leave bodies laying around, you have to take enemies out. Um, If you knock them out, they'll stay asleep, but if someone finds body, they'll wake them up. But if you kill them, and their bodies get found, enemies instantly get alerted, and the mission just gets harder from that point forward. Yeah, so. Hmm. Lots of lots of cool stuff I keep thinking about. You know, we'll see. Okay. Um, as far as your topics, is that what you got? Yeah, that was my general discussion topics. I do like that. that that's, uh, it definitely kind of does get the brain flowing, and Sometimes, you know, I, I don't realize that I think about those things. It was kind of fun to kind of get that idea out and, and really see some of these shows or or things that we do and we're like, oh, that'd be an awesome idea for a game, you know? Or yeah. something that you say in passing, but you've never really, like, maybe completely put out there and thought about or, you know, said. So, um, I do like that. Um, you got anything, Brian? I didn't come prepared with anything. No. <laughs> Fair enough. John's the one with the notes, not me. So, <laughs> hey, I maybe maybe you could have had like that Batman. one thought that could have you know exploded into an, an hour conversation that we could have. Cool. All right, let's get into top five. Do you want me to do my fun fact first? Fun Batman. Fact. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Talked it's... enough about Batman, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well keep it. Going. Never enough Batman. Um, so this is actually. Pretty straightforward fact. Um, some people out there may know this. Some people may not. Uh, but today's fun Batman fact is that the backgrounds for Batman the Animated Series, I believe this is primarily the first three seasons that were, were produced in more the early 90s, more so than season four. That was, I think, like the late 90s. But perhaps that season two. But I know the first three seasons. All of the backgrounds for the animation were drawn on black paper instead of white paper to give an overall darker tone, which really fits with, if you watch that series, there's a really there's a really strong sense of almost like a, a bit of a film noir sense, which is really helped by how very, like it's really retro, you know, all the vehicles are retro, you know, the police have blimps and like old style helicopters, you know, nobody has like cell phone, well, okay, it was made in the early 90s, so nobody would have had cell phones anyway, but, you know, I mean, like computers are like, you know, nobody has Windows on their computers, you know, um, yeah. stuff like that. So it really fits with that. But 
you know, it's not like the whole series is like this really muddy, muted tones. There's a lot of really good striking colors, but if you stop and really watch a few episodes, you do start to notice how everything does kind of have that darker overall tone. Like even daytime scenes, like almost like the whole of Gotham City is almost in perpetual nighttime. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I actually kind of knew that. Talking to Todd Anderson was actually, ugh. Mm-hmm. One of, to date, one of my favorite moments, because that show was just phenomenal. That was my childhood. And mm-hmm. so getting him to ask, you know, asking him those kind of questions, his favorite things to draw, which he said was uh, super drawing Superman, because they, ne- they didn't get to draw Superman very often. Then mm-hmm. there were just a few episodes that it happened. So drawing Superman, drawing something different was something that he enjoyed. And he did talk about, you know, drawing things on, on darker paper and um, just giving it a much different look than any other typical show. Right. Um, the creation of Harley Quinn was actually quite interesting. He said that was probably, in terms of doing that show, that was maybe one of the more harder things he did in terms of uh, drawing a lot of those characters because it was like um, Bruce Tim was like, all right, this is a character I have an idea for. Here's a basic sketch. Draw models for her. So drawing a character they knew nothing about and had nothing to go on was definitely an assignment for him, and it was, it was really cool to kind of find those 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 little things out, and that was, oof. and those two hanging posters, definitely <laughs> definitely worth it. Oh, that was that was definitely a hidden treasure that I don't think too many people got to find, because he just kind of came came you know with the cloud of people, he just kind of was in there among the artists. And I just, the only reason I happened to stop was because I saw a poster of Batman the Animated Series. And I'm going to look every time. You tell me Batman the Animated Series, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and look. This is just... Which is fair. Oh, yeah. And so I looked. And then, of course, someone introduced me. I do the freaking fanboy thing. And I'm struggling to decide what poster. And the cool thing was that I struggled so hard to decide on just one poster. Because it was like one poster for like 10 bucks or whatever. Right. And as I'm deciding, he's asking me every so often. So he's like, "Have you narrowed down to which ones you want?" Yeah, I was like, mm, "These four sound good out of the out of the eight. So uh, it's out of these four. And we we conversate, have these conversations. He's like, "Have you narrowed it down anymore?" These three, I'm stuck. I really don't know what to get. And so as and Harley Quinn, yeah, I had, I had one with I had one with Harley Quinn out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got one with Harley Quinn and, and uh, one with Catwoman. But I got those, obviously, because of the Harley Quinn conversation. But the cool thing was that when he's like, did you get it down to two? And I was like, yeah, these two, but I don't know which one. He's like, all right, here's what I'll do. Pay for one. I'll give you both of them. I'll sign both of them. What? Dang. What? Oh, so that's that's actually how I ended up nice. with So basically just through asking questions and really, you know, getting to know the story behind the show and how it was made. And I guess he liked my enthusiasm. And he was like, do that. And he's like, all right, pick two of them. I'll sign them both. And he's like, do you just want a general or do you want it to, me, it to you particularly? Sign them to me. To me. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, such a great experience. Just to, 
you know, it's kind of one of those uh, things you that in the back of your head that you always wish you could do, and you never thought you would get that chance. Yeah, it, it drops right in your lap. So, so yeah. There you go. Good. All right. Top five. You want to start us off? I, I can start us off. I was the one who made it up this time. So, okay. Our top five for this episode is top five favorite spaceships. So, uh, that's an intentionally broad category. Um, obviously, it excludes, you know, not spaceships. Uh, things that are entirely not spaceships. But, so, my top five, these are definitely in no particular order because they're really kind of all over the place as far as like size, style, what they do, etc. I've got other favorites. These are just five that I picked. Um, so one of them would be the X-Wing fighter from the Star Wars series. Uh, really just any iteration of the X-Wing that I've ever seen. I mean, really, there's only two design looks. There's the one from the original film series, and then there's the one from the new film series. Um if you made me pick between the two, I kind of like the look of the original series a little better. I kind of like the way, like, the wing, you know, wings and such look a little more so on that one. But it's not like I dislike the current one. I just like the classic look a little more. Um, it's just really for, like, space, you know, the sci-fi space fighter designs, it's probably one of my favorites ever. I mean, I, I like most of the good guy fighter ship designs in uh, Star Wars, mm. um, just in general. But, like, I don't know. There's something nice and classic about the X-Wing. It's kind of like the general purpose all-around ship. You know, there's a design or two that are faster. There's a design or two that are tougher. A design or two with more guns and missiles. But all of them are also not as good as the X-Wing in any other area. The X-Wing is kind of that nice jack-of-all-trades that also manages just to look really cool. Um, let's see. Next one would be the Astro Mega Ship from Power Rangers in Space. Um, mm, some of yes. that is childhood nostalgia, mm -hmm. but it really is a good classical design. I mean, you've got some flying saucer elements going on. You've got some more classical, like, rocket ship, space shuttle type things going on. You know, if you look at, like, the nose cone, and it's got, you know, the, the fins on the back. It's got uh, nacelles underneath. You know, I kind of like sometimes at least d designs that include, like, engine nacelle type things. Um, you know, I mean, as a, as a ship just to go around on, I mean, it's it can travel, I think, at least the galaxy, if not the whole universe it's a little vague in the More series how, how big its range is but it it can travel you know faster than light travel it's fast and maneuverable when it's not doing faster than light travel it's pretty tough you know they can land it on planets without it crashing uh, which is always handy i mean the thing's almost like a star trek ship in some ways i mean it seems like they have they can just get food from their systems you know they have holodecks they have crew quarters, lounges, um, all that stuff. Uh, oh, it's got big guns, you know, and nice little gun turrets, and it turns into a giant robot. I do like giant robots. But its ship form is still, I think, really cool. Um, it's got a pretty good color scheme. 
You know, it's it's one of the in my mind, it's one of the better single uh, single piece. I guess you'd say Megazords. Like it's like there's hints that oh, this is gonna turn into a robot, but it's not super obvious from the design. It works on its own as a spaceship. Uh, the next one is the Enterprise E. So that's the USS Enterprise that shows up in the film Star Trek First Contact. Uh, let's see. I think it's like First Contact, Insurrection, and I forgot the third one. But basically the the movies from First Contact onward that had like Patrick Street, you know, Captain Picard and his crew. Uh, it's The ship's class is the sovereign class. I just... Again, it's one of those things I really like the design. Um, you know, it's another one of those. It's a fairly big ship, but it's also pretty fast maneuverable, well-armed. It's just, again, design overall design is just, to me, really cool looking. Um, I mean, there's some stuff you could maybe nitpick about. You know, Star Trek ships like to have their bridges on, like, the absolute outside of the ship, which makes me scratch my head, but it's kind of a... I guess you'd say a conceit of the series, you know, or really of the genre. A lot of sci-fi, that's a thing, you know. All of your really, really important people doing the really, really important things are on the very tip-top of the ship and really open <laughs> to getting shot off. But what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so the next one is definitely more obscure. Uh, it's from a book series, and it's a series that I know, I mean, I think it's sold okay, but it's not, like, super widespread. It's Honor Harrington series by David Weber. Um, basically, the series is kind of one of those things where if you look at it from, like, a meta perspective, he starts it off, and it's kind of like the, almost the age of sail, but in space. So, like, the way the ships fight and everything is if you look back in history at, like, pre-World War One stuff. You'd have just lines of ships lining up and going past each other and blasting the heck out of each other. And then as the series progresses, um, you get various technological developments that shift them from, like, pre-World War One or maybe World War One to, like, World War Two and onward. Uh, and in this case, it's there's a ship type that they introduce at least halfway through the series. It's called a light attack craft carrier so your big ships are like a mile long two miles long stuff like that they're these big they're kind of almost cigar shaped but you know they're these big ships you know you can have hundreds of people on them etc and for the longest time that was how you fought was you just use big ships well this ship carries these smaller ones that are like the size of comparatively speaking they're like they're small, but they're the size of, like, a small jumbo jet. Okay. But when the whole thing is, you know, a mile long, you can cram, like, 50 of these things in one of these big craft. And so it kind of ends up acting somewhere between, like, a fighter and a gunboat from, like, you know, our real life. Because, obviously, there's more than one person flying the thing. But to me, it always had a really strong, like, aircraft carrier vibe. But it's just, I don't know. It's, again, it's kind of more obscure, but just the whole... Over f overall feeling of like going from just straight line of sight shooting to well now we're deploying small craft that give you a lot more flexibility because they can carry missiles and guns and their missiles can do various things and you can redesign the small craft so maybe they can do electronic warfare you know it's kind of the same it's the difference between having a game where you can only do single player 
and where you can do single player or multiplayer, I guess, to give one analogy that's really crude and not entirely applicable, but anyway. Um, and then the last one is a little bit nice little toss out to anime. It's the SDF1 Macross from the Macross series. In particular, I'm thinking like the original Macross series. Um, so for those not familiar, the Macross is obviously the ship that gives the series its name. Um, it's a giant spaceship. It was like an alien ship that crashed the planet. Humans found it and refurbished it. Um, it's the size of, it's about the size of a small city, really. And, uh, like, it's, it's big enough that they strap a couple of oversized, uh, what were, like, Navy ships to it. And they are not even quite half its length. One of them was, like, some really huge aircraft carrier. I think the way it looks, it looks like it's at least twice the size of any of our current carriers. And then the other one was, like, an amphibious craft or something like that. So they strapped strapped to the sides of this thing. It can, you know, travel across the galaxy and so forth. Um, you know, it's, like, aliens, you know, technology. So it has, like, shields. It has, you know, laser cannons and stuff instead of just machine guns. Um, it turns into a giant robot. <laughs> the aircraft carriers are its arms. So that's cool, too. But, I mean, just even as a ship, you know, it's got guns. Not only does it have its own weapons, but it has places where the smaller but still giant compared to a human robots can, like, sit and act as gun turrets, which is something that carries on through basically every series, as a lot of times you'll see, yes, the, the ship will have some of its own guns, but a lot of the times even more of that is just people in mechs that are slotted in, you know, independently tracking enemies and firing on them. But um, even above all of that, it has a couple of really big mess-up-the-enemy's-day attacks. One of them is, essentially, it's a really giant energy cannon. So, like, any sci-fi-type anime where there's a super, you know, charges up for a while, and then, you know, the sci-fi equivalent of, like, a Kamehameha, I guess you could say. Um, and then it has the, the one that's more unique to it is it punches an enemy ship or base or anything large enough to mm -hmm. need a punch and not immediately disintegrate. Yeah. Uh, it punches into it with one of its arms. The arm will, like, lodge in there. Usually, like, the front quarter or whatnot will be exposed in, like, the interior of the enemy ship. And a whole bunch of doors will open, and they'll have their, you know, regular size, you know, quote-unquote regular size mechs in there and those will fire all of their guns and their missiles and so on and so forth and usually the ones that have missile that are missile heavy will be carrying at least some missiles that are basically oh it's totally not a nuclear warhead type things so instead of just you know oh a couple pounds of c4 go off it's you know kiloton level explosions on the inside of the enemy so that you know whenever it's deployed in the series from what i can tell it basically punch in oh our mechs start shooting stuff. Enemy ship blows up from the inside. We're all fine. Yay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's and it's just kind of like a multi, like, it's a giant robot, or it's a sp spaceship that turns into a giant robot that in turn holds and deploys more giant robots that are smaller than it but are still giant compared to humans. Okay. So it's like levels of giant robots helps. There's levels. 
Yes. To the game. I like levels. <laughs> oh, goodness. So. Uh, Mookie, you want to go next? Um, yeah, so initially, when I heard the question, I was like, I don't know about this starship question. I don't know a lot of spaceships. And I sat down and started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute, this is easy. And I thought, so. I'm the one that's struggling here. Um, Serenity from Firefly. I believe that's there the name of the ship. Yeah, that's yeah. the ship. Yes. Yeah, so Serenity um, from Firefly. Um, I'm probably doing it based on the show more than the ship itself. But the ship actually has a lot of characteristics itself. Yeah. It's banged up. It's kind of grungy. Um, it's a fast ship for its size. And, and just like the ship is almost like another cast member, um, which is just, it's just, it's a good, it's, and then the ship has, um, so there's the, mo- after Firefly ends, there's the movie Serenity, and stuff happens. Um, <laughs> moving on, number four, so it was kind of a tough one. I initially had the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. but a fond further thought, gonna have to give it to Slave One. Okay. Give it to Slave One. If you don't know, Slave One is Boba Fett's ship. It's the ship that flies standing up. Yeah. That's <laughs> the reason I like it. It's just so unique compared to all the other ships in the Star Wars universe. Um, now, here's where it gets tough. I... USS Enterprise... From the relaunch of Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, so that's just an amazing... I just really like that ship a lot. Um, I'll give Millennium Falcon number two. Like It, it does get a spot on the list just because of its iconic and seemingly eternal hold on the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Um, so Millennium Falcon, if you didn't see Star Wars by now, I'm not even giving a spoiler warning. Daisy is now running the Millennium Falcon with Chewbacca. Um, so, looks like we'll see more of the Falcon. Last but not least, certainly not least, N7 Normandy from Mass Effect 2. This is the rebuilt one. You mean the SR2? The, the SR2, yeah. SR2 Normandy. I apologize. SR2 Normandy <laughs> from Mass Effect 2. After the first one got blown to smithereens. And the reason I like this one is because you feel a closer connection to the ship because you put in so much work to upgrading the parts. Yeah. So everyone doesn't die. <laughs> um, the SR2 is, what, twice twice the size of the original N7? I think something like that, yeah. The Actually, there's, I think you can actually park the original Normandy in the SR2. I don't know if it's quite that big. But it's huge. It, it's I would say the double size is, is probably more. accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's um so SR two is amazing. I love that ship. Spent so much time on that ship. Um, looking forward to what they have planned for Andromeda. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get kind of interested. I'd I'd like to see some more of what we will be able to do in that game. Yeah. So. That's it. I think that's five. That I that is five. Yes. Me next. Yeah, that fifth one is uh, eluding me. <laughs> All right. More or less. 
Um, I didn't think about this too hard, but <clears throat> I think part of that's just because I haven't watched as many space-based TV shows and movies, period, that have ships that I'm like, oh, I really like that ship. Uh, but still there are a few. Um, I also had the Normandy. Uh, I'd forgotten about it till today, and then I remembered, oh, that's a cool ship. Yeah. And I definitely remember it more from Mass Effect 2 than 1, because I think I've... I remember most of Mass Effect 2 better than 1, honestly. Part of it's probably because I played it more recently, but part of it's also because, yeah, you, you go to the trouble of upgrading it. And... Man, I, t- I can't tell you how many like times I spent searching planets for Asari, whatever, just so I had enough resources to upgrade the cannons. Yeah. Um... But I went with that one. I went with the UNSC Infinity. Mm. It's a gigantic ship. Um, it's pretty much, the, at least at the start of Halo 4, like the humans now actually have a good defense against the remaining Covenant fleet with that ship. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for them to have. Um, and it's also pretty cool. I can't remember how many weapons it has, but I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, many. it had. Well, yes, it has many, but I'm pretty sure it also has. Doesn't it have a giant like railgun or something that it uses at one I, point. If I remember some of the like promo tech material stuff, it has at least one of their version of a railgun. Yeah, if so, not more than one. Plus, I mean, it, it's pretty much it can function on its own. So, I mean, it's got Spartans in it. It's got science and development going on. It it's. Pretty sure that's the biggest one anybody has listed, though, thus far. Yeah. Uh, the next one isn't so much a ship. It has a ship form, and so that may be a technicality, but uh, with Wing Zero from Gundam Wing. Mm. Nah, it's, uh, to be honest, that's actually what I was looking up right now. I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> I was yeah. literally I mean, looking. I was going through a Watch Bojo video because I know they talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I think... I'm it, literally in the middle of going through... <laughs> It's been a while since I've seen the series, but I think when they intro Wing Zero, you see it first in ship form, and then it transforms and destroys something. Uh, so that's awesome because, yes, it's a ship, but more importantly, it's a giant robot, and it's, in my opinion, a lot probably of the... the coolest in Gundam Wing. It's up there, at least. A lot. I mean, ultimately, I guess you could say... I mean, in a weird way, a lot of those guys, the way they use mechs, they use them like spaceships anyways, for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of yeah. technicalities there. But, like, I mean, so many of those battles happen in space, and yeah. you see yeah. them take off from Earth and go to space, and then battle, and then back down. You're just like, you're in a spaceship that just looks humanoid. You're humanized. Whatever. Basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, loopholes in the technicalities. <laughs> the next one I had was a Super Star Destroyer. Oh. So, namely, I guess, I, I think it's Vader's, whatever the gigantic one that crashes into the Death Star in the Exocet. Just because it's massive, it looks cool. I think it looks cooler than the regular ones, honestly. Uh, but it's also just enormous. Yeah. It, is it because it's like kind of got a thinner profile that you like I it? think that's part of it. I think... The Star Destroyers, one of the parts that makes them look not quite as cool as they could is the kind of weird looking, I can't remember what the part actually, what they call those orbs on top, but oh, those look a little... Some people say they're like sensors, some people say they're shield generators. Yeah, it's on top of the bridge tower. The Executor has them too, but it just isn't as obvious because 
the bridge tower is like the same size it is on a Star Destroyer. Yeah. But the rest of the ship is like almost 20 times as large. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a good looking ship. It crashes in the first, like, within the first few minutes of you seeing it for the first time, but it's, I think it's a good looking ship. Um, I think I'm going to change my last one. I had the Melian Falcon, but it's kind of because I ran out of ideas and I just remembered one. You don't spend a lot of time actually in the ship in the game, but I think it's really cool, like the Destiny Jump Ship. Like, one, because you can customize it, and there are a lot of cool designs. Uh, plus, it's pretty... Even though you don't spend a lot of time actually in the ship, and you can't fight with the ship, which I think that'd be awesome to add one day. Uh, or just allows to have a vault in the ship, you know? Besides something... Yeah. Besides it being... But without the ship, I mean, you couldn't... Yeah. You'd be stranded on Earth, and most of the gameplay yeah. would be inaccessible, so... Fair enough. That's my five. Okay, so... The Gundam ship you had mentioned was ending up on my list, and that was literally going to be my number five. Uh, in obviously no particular order. And then, of course, before the podcast started, I told you I was thinking of the... <laughs> The Astro Megazord oh, yeah, in space, yeah. and you're like, here's my list. And I was like, oh, it's on there. <laughs> hey, great minds think alike sometimes. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so I was kind of thinking about it, and I really, really couldn't figure it out. And I did this one mostly because of Transformers Armada, and that was Jetfire. Because when he first kind of when he first appears, he takes the form of a spaceship, anyways. Okay, I do remember. He, that. he takes the form of a spaceship, and then he comes to Earth. But then he does a lot of spaceship traveling. Yeah. And Jetfire just be uh, became one of my favorite characters, anyways. And that whole combination with Optimus Prime. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Anyways, reminiscing. <laughs> um. Uh, the Javelin from uh, Justice League. Okay. They do use that quite a few times. to The original version or the unlimited version? Unlimited version, because that's the one they use a lot more anyways to go into space, do a lot more um, intergalactic planetary missions or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a few times that they did use it, but I liked the redesign anyways, or not necessarily a redesign, the upgraded more or less design right. of the javelin um, in unlimited um, and then lastly um, uh, Eureka 7 is the show uh, gecko was the ship and it was it was an interesting look it was uh, it was like a, a bird like looking type ship kind of like it almost looked like you know how, like, when cranes, when they fly, they have a really long neck with the head, and mm -hmm. it was that kind of wide wings. It was that uh -huh. look, but obviously short legs, not the right. whole long legs thing. So I like the look of the ship, and they didn't do so much space jumping, but every night they would go into space and fly into space. But it was it was cool in the sense of it could go into space if they really had to, and they did uh, orbital jumps. Mm, so if they needed okay. to go far distances. It hit space. Yeah. And then, boom. And they were like, that's the fastest way we can do it. And I was like, I like it. I like it. And it's a, it was... So, that's my five. That's my five. There you go. So, yeah. Um, next is 
Money to blow. Call me what you want, but you can't call me broke. Money! Pull up with that chopper and a telescope. Alright. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. I ain't did it for the last one, so I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um, this week, gas money to go to Omaha. And then bought food in Omaha. And... Did I buy anything else? Other than that, I'm trying to save this money for this new iPhone. This new iPhone comes out on Thursday. If I don't have it by Thursday, hopefully before the weekend is over, I will have it in my hands. Did you pre-order already? I didn't do the pre-order. You can still pre-order. I can still pre-order, well, but like, I want to make like sure reserve. I... Yeah, just reserve it. You can, uh, can reserve I... it for Sunday, so by then you just walk in the store and pick it up. But I, I don't already have them. I'm trying to get all the funds in order. Well, that's what I say. You can reserve your phone. Even if you don't show up on that Sunday, they'll hold it for an extra couple of days. You can call and extend your reservation. That's I'm what I'm doing do. that right now. <laughs> what uh, what model is it? Uh, so it's the SE. The SE is, uh, and I talked about it last week on the podcast. Right. It's the size of the f- uh, 5S, but with the power of the um, 6S. Gotcha. Um, so... Uh, and there's only two sizes, 16 and a 64. I'm getting the 64. Which, I mean, buying a 64 is the same price as trying to buy a 6S 16 gig. And I was like, well, I get more memory. Yeah. So, we're gonna... Still, I, and I prefer the size of the 5S anyways. I would... The biggest I would like to go is the 6 or the 6S. But... You know, and if someone was to hand me a 6S Plus, I'm not going to say no. It will go right in my pocket. But, you know, for me, that's a if little too big. If you can fit it in your if pocket. You, if I can fit it in my pocket. But that's that's a little too big um, for my choice. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, this trip, which was fun. It was good to, good to see friends, good friends that I haven't seen in a while. So, yeah. You want to go next? You want to go next? You want to go next? Um, I'll go next. Sure. Um, I can't think of a lot. Be like I might have, can't remember. I might have paid a bill or two. I think the main thing was they had. And I think it's still going. Uh, a special on Xbox Live. Like they they discount games all the time, but most of the time it's not a game I'm interested in, or it's not enough of a discount for me to say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for that right now. Uh, but they had Fallout Four with the season pass, uh, for under seventy dollars. So, I'm like, I'm going to get this game eventually anyways. Especially considering the 50 pounds of $50 a one. So. Yeah. So, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Now's as good a time as any. I, I could, paid, yeah, paid I could wait for Game of the Year, but I don't know when that'll be. Exactly. It'll still be $60 to start, so it's only a little bit more. So, I bought that. And that is really all I can think of. Yeah, like, yeah. My car has become a cash sink. Like, my car has become the black hole. I just stuck an IV into my bank account and it's just evaporating money out of existence. So I haven't spent any money because whatever pennies I have left is just going straight to my car. It needs like $3,300 in repairs or something stupid. Yeah. And, uh, like, I might go to Mercedes-Benz and see what, like, if I can find a Benz for under ten thousand, I'll probably just trade my car in for what I can and just scrounge up some cash and just buy the Benz. But like, it is just a hassle. I was gonna buy a movie ticket in Omaha, but I forgot. If you leave town, you'll spank 
on the weekend. You can't use your card without calling them. Yeah, so I didn't end up spending any money on Omaha. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't bought any games. I'm just playing the division. I don't have anything to buy. I don't have anything. I, I wanted to pre-order the PlayStation VR starter bundle, but just the links wasn't able to get there quick enough. Mm-hmm. So that will have to wait until a later point in time. Besides, um, I kind of want to wait. I want I want to be in the first initial wave, but I also kind of want to wait for like wave two. Mm. So bugs, glitches, all that funky stuff gets right. what the heck was that? All that funky stuff gets ironed out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't really have a lot in the last few weeks. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is I, I did some shopping for some gifts for. Uh, me and some friends are getting together here this week and we're doing like a birthday celebration so I got various people some gifts for that you know nothing too fancy but okay so you know they might be listening so we don't want to spoil it yeah I'm just in case I'm not uh, I'm not saying what for who just things were purchased for people that's that's as far as I'm going I bought a thing for a person yeah I bought multiple things for multiple people Mm mhm Fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think at this point... Oh! I don't have an Apple tip for the day. Uh, that's a good recommendation. Get out of here. Yeah. I, I, I'm slacking on that part. I normally have something Apple related, but not today. Recommendation. I'm actually going to go ahead and venture out of my uh, sphere of influence... Doing a card game. Go pick up DC Deck Builder. Forever Evil? Forever Evil. That's so much fun. That changes the base game in a whole different kind of way. It's, just, it's, it's literally a brand new card game. Go pick that up and play it. If you're into the DC Deck Building team, go buy that. Because that's, that's something I've been wanting to buy for a while. But like the more I yeah. drive my car, the more... Yeah. It, sucks my soul out of my body the less money I have to do anything besides just exist so yeah there's that uh, my recommendation was IGPX I talked about it earlier so I don't think I need to waste time and talk about it again but it's just a reminder go watch IGPX I'm staring deeply into the mic at your soul <laughs> because somehow all of you who are listening will see slash feel him staring at the mic. That's why I said it. <laughs> Somehow you will you will feel it. <laughs> Brian? Um I'd say maybe one an anime that not as many people would have heard of because I didn't hear of it until a few months ago and saw it when I saw it on Netflix. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard of or watched The Seven Deadly Sins, I would definitely yes. recommend it. Oh, that's a great, yes. great recommendation. I think bro. later this year, season two is coming out. Mm. Hope so. so. 
Okay. Ooh, season two for Fully Cooley is a thing. For who? What? You've never seen the show Fully Cooley? I don't know. Oh, yeah. My friends showed me the first episode. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's, it's, it's very weird. But like, yeah, the name it's very, like very, that, I'm staying far away from Actually, that. it's but it's not it like Sounds a, like cooties. <laughs> it's not <laughs> You're a, over here like, are you speaking in tongues? <laughs> <laughs> no, the funny it's part is weird, like, like there's a Nigerian snack called Cooley Cooley, which is basically like dried peanut butter. So I'm like... What are you talking about? That's not a show. <laughs> but uh, as weird, it's not, it's it's just a different kind of weird. But it's not like a a, a weird that you're gonna like say like, oh my god, I can't. It's just it's just a different take on things. It's it's more like um, how would you describe it? I mean, you did see the first it, episode. It's so. been a couple years. I was just like. It's with a, the introduction of the I don't know if you call him title character, but the main. Protagonist or whatever. Protagonist yeah. chick. I'm like, who the heck is this person and what is going on with everything they're doing? Um, let's put it this way. Uh, one of the characters, he has a TV screen for a head and a box, to, like a tube TV. Not like... Not a flat screen. No. Actually, or I might be mixing that up with another show. Uh, anyway, it's just it's it's just different. It's dead. It's I I think it's it's a fun watch. It's it's a mindless watch, but you know it's not any like they're only like six episodes. You can get through it very 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 easily, and it's just something different. It's just different art style, different way of. It was just to be honest, I know it was a fun watch because there were a lot of moments I laughed at it. But to be honest, I don't remember the storyline. I don't, but I remember laughing at it a lot. It was just a fun watch. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Yeah, I was gonna say. Hey, <laughs> that's my line. <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, I guess I will toss out an anime recommendation this time. Um, I'm trying to remember what else I recommended, but uh, so anime recommendation is a show called Tengen Tapa Gurren Lagann. Um, oh, it's a limited so it's a like good. a I guess you'd say like limited run I mean it's like it's yeah. less than 30 episodes because the first um, season was like 13 and next yeah. was like 20 something or well no I, I want to say it was about the same number of episodes per season but it's it's at most 40 episodes I want to say it's less than 30 and then it has two movies that kind of recap or encapsulate the two seasons um so the sh- the series has some fan service it's not, it's not really serious. heavy duty and it's not like super explicit but if that's a thing that for one reason or another you don't want to deal with just be aware of it um you could probably like research and see like you know what episodes it shows up in and just skip those episodes um, or if you get, like, a, the American release DVD, it may have a little bit of, like, censoring or whatnot. Um, the other thing is, it is a show that focuses on giant robots fighting, and giant robots fighting in a way that looks cool and awesome and is about being awesome and cool, but is not about, like, realism and grittiness. Yeah. So if you don't, if that kind of thing is the kind of thing that's going to grate on you, I, I mean, I'm recommending the show, but if if... That sort of who really needs concerns about how exactly realistic this is. If that attitude doesn't appeal to you, then maybe this isn't something for you. But 27 episodes. If you can, 
27 okay so i was right with my first guess 27 episodes um but if that's not going to be a big deal for you if you like something that's at first fun and lighthearted, but really can get some interesting emotional depth and even a couple of interesting philosophical questions not like really deep philosophical questions but still some interesting questions and just really kind of almost a roller coaster ride emotionally it's a really good series um pretty sure it's on netflix i know there's american releases on like dvd and such um if you don't want to do a full 27 episodes they're if i recall they're half hour episodes uh but even with that if you don't want to quite invest in that but you're still interested try getting your hands on the two movies um i mean between them you're looking at like six hours which is like one of two seasons of the regular show and, and between the two, they encapsulate things pretty well. I, I've i seen at least most of the second movie. Honestly, it adds some stuff that I really enjoyed or changes things around in a way that I really enjoy from the second season of the show. But um, either way, I mean, or if you want, just watch everything. You know, this, the regular show and the movies. But either way, um, it's one of those, I, I think it's a, just a really solid, fun series to watch. But like I said, it has it has a little bit of depth here and there. So mm-hmm. that's my recommendation. All right. We got all our recommendations out. Any others? Uh, an extra one? Maybe someone wants to toss on the table? No? We're good? Oh, well, I guess we're at the conclusion. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, yeah, we are at the conclusion. So uh, if you like what we're talking about, let us know. Follow us. Give us a like on Facebook. We want to talk with you people. Please. I'm pleading with you. <laughs> if you uh, think we're all <laughs> terribly wrong about something, also let us know and yeah. say something on Facebook because conversation is actually cool and fun and important, even for nerdy stuff. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Me and Caleb had a huge disagreement for nearly half the weekend on the whole Flash appearance. <laughs> kind of it wish was, I could have been a fly it, on the wall for that. Oh, like I still have my doubts, but you know, it's alleviated a little bit. But I still have. I feel like there's like a hole in the wrench in the warp time hole treadmill. Yeah, but, but it they, is what it is. I'm, ultimately, they haven't explained their rules on time travel. So, anyways, um, so yeah, uh, let us know, uh, and let us maybe. Let us know maybe what you'd like to hear or ta- us talk about. Maybe maybe it's something with also within our interest that we just don't have time to get to. Let us know. Uh, you can also email us at evenmoreaboutnothing at gmail.com. I almost forgot that for a second. Oof. Instagram, uh, even, more, even more about nothing. We are doing a terrible job with the Instagram. Look, I don't have the Twitter password to the Instagram. And Twitter. I, te- text Ace. I don't know his information anymore. I don't know what No, well, happened. text him and get the... We need to get the information from him. And I've been slacking on YouTube. Badly. We have nine followers. Not... Have, <laughs> it's a ghost page. <laughs> it's a nothing. ghost page. And granted, they're probably like us. Like, Yep, it's all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, even more about games. Some coming sometime soon this year. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We're gonna pull a Square Enix. It doesn't exist until it's in the internet. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. That's so, our. Anyways, uh, with that, uh, 
we will wrap this episode up and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Hey, 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 hey.